What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast Episode 8, and we are featuring Sean today from RGT85. Sean, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. That's good. That's good, man. Yeah, I, we've been. I've been keeping an eye on your channel for a while because you were uh, you were kind of sitting at like fifteen or sixteen thousand subs, and then all of a sudden you just like took off, man. Like your, yeah, your it's, sub it's count been, went crazy. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy the past like I would say month or so. It's just I don't know. I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm I'm glad they're coming from somewhere. So uh, yeah, it's been it's, it's been great though. It's been fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, of course, we have Philip. Philip, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Excited to be here as always. Excited to be with everyone. Thank you very much for having me back as a regular, as you're yeah. contracted to do by YouTube. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's like we signed that with blood on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the ever cheerful Evan. Hey. So, yeah, there's actually been a lot of stuff happening. Uh, in, I guess, the gaming world this week. But I do want to talk to Sean about his channel a little bit because I, I'm a big fan of retro stuff. Um, I, I don't know how much I really talk about it on the channel, but I am a big fan of the retro stuff. And, uh, Sean, you do a lot of, like, retro stuff on your channel, don't you? Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, the channel sort of started out because, um, you know, I was doing stuff over on Nintendo Enthusiasts with Jason, and um, I did a couple retro videos on there, and they never got views. And I was like, okay, these people don't care about it. But I enjoyed making them. And so I, um, I told Jason, I was, like everyone at Nintendo Enthusiast had their own side channel except for me. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'll try one with mine. And so the channel was originally called Retro Gaming Tube 85. And um, I remember my buddy Gilly, the kid, was like, you're going to hate that name. And I was like, why? He was like, it's too long. And then like I sort of realized, I was like, yeah, you know, it is too long. So I shortened it to RGT 85 plus I wanted to do some more modern stuff but yeah i mean the primary focus is on retro um obviously with the switch you know there was a, a lot of switch related content on there but the primary focus i like to i like to focus on retro stuff yeah yeah i was gonna say it looks like you kind of dive into like a lot of the unknown stuff also i saw your video on saturn games and i was like man nobody knows about saturn games so it was, yeah, it was like, pretty cool I, I love the saturn i love old school sega stuff so and i know a lot about it because that's what i grew up playing like it's it, strangely enough i didn't really like play super nintendo games until i was like yeah, probably 19 or 20. so you know i grew up with all sega stuff so that's sort of my bread and butter but when i got older i went back and played all the super nintendo stuff just because i had sega stuff when i was a kid. wow no no super nintendo at all i wow, mean that's that's impressive wow i mean i dabbled in it like i had a i had a good buddy who had uh -huh. a super nintendo so i would play it there but i wouldn't like you know i never played you know zelda all the way through i never played super metroid all the way through until i was older so it was pretty interesting Wow, that's that's a good decision to go back and play it. That's that's kind of how we play those games, though. Is our, our good buddy up the street had like a, some crazy like a 3DO or a Sega Master System. In your case, it was a Super Nintendo. That's interesting. Yeah. Usually it's the other way around. That's that's cool though. That's that's funny. So um, we'll start off with what we've been playing this week, uh, and I'll jump over to Philip for this one. Philip, what have you uh, what have you been spending your time with this week, man? Oh man, I've been bouncing around a bunch of different games, uh, mainly on my Switch. I dabbled a little bit on my PS4 with Outlast 2. Um, I've finally been able to play a little bit of that, and I, I love horror games, so like jumping into that was a lot of fun. And then um, a little bit of Thumper as well, um, which was cool. Uh, I got a chance to review that, so that was a lot of fun. Thumper's a fun game. I know it's it's been out for a little while, 
but the Switch version is insane with the HD Rumble. If you have a Switch and you've played Thumper before, then you um, you should definitely consider getting it on the Switch itself just for the HD Rumble because the impact is insane. Like it, it brings tactile feedback to a whole different level. But um, yeah, I mean that's basically what I've been checking out. So very good, very good. I didn't, see. I didn't play any of Outlast Two. I'm not I'm not good with those horror games. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't do well. If it, like I said, that's a can that be in VR also on on the PlayStation or is that only like a VR game on the PC? I'm not sure. I I, I uh, don't think it's on PSVR, but um, if it's on Oculus Rift, then I definitely have to check that out or Vive or whatever. So there, cool. there, I feel like that any horror game that comes out pretty much has to be VR now because that's like the best way to play a horror game. Well, probably yeah. the worst way technically, but it's the best experience. Obviously, that's it's terrifying. That yeah. Way. I, I played Resident Evil 7 like entirely in VR and it was just an incredible experience. So if you have PSVR, you should definitely check out Resident Evil 7 in that if you haven't yet. Very good, very good. Sean, what have you uh, been spending your time with this week, man? Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Fire... Well, I played a lot of Fire Emblem Echoes and um, I've been playing... I got a copy of uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 on the Switch um, to review... So I've been playing that way too much. Okay, yeah, I, I I thought I saw that you got a copy of Street Fighter Two, so I assumed you were playing that a good bit, mostly because usually you have like a Street Fighter shirt or Street Fighter hat. Yeah. At this point, I'm pretty confident you're a Street Fighter fan. So. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and then just random retro stuff. I, I'm I've been playing a lot. Of, I'm actually going for a complete um, 32x collection because everyone's like, you need to have a complete collection of something, and I was like, okay, I'll go with 32x. It's small. And there's only like three expensive games, so I was playing a lot of 32x stuff. It's a fun little system to collect for. It just looks weird coming off the Genesis. Yeah, it <laughs> really does. Check out Evan this week. I saw you got kind of sad about Street Fighter and you had to return it. But what else have you been up to? Well, I gave one of my free copies of Eternal Crusade to a friend of mine, so we've still been binge playing that like all week. But then a bunch of my other friends started getting back into things, so I'm kind of going back to Overwatch. But I also wanted to check a couple of the games that we missed, or that I at least missed, because I was kind of waiting to see what people would say about them, like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Just picked it up. Uh, it's actually really enjoyable, and they have a whole new business model with it. For PC specifically, it's like $15 to get it. But you have to unlock things as you go. But the maps and everything are all just—they're all there already. It's pretty fun, pretty awesome time. Um, I, the Street Fighter Five thing, apparently, it's just terrible on most PCs. Uh, a lot of people complaining about it either not launching or crashing after f about five, ten, fifteen minutes. It's not good, and it's been out for a while, so I don't know what the hell is going on with that. I really yeah, want to play. I, I, it. I looked at the system requirements, and it's not—they're not high. Like it, it does not like a really intensive game on a computer. Um, I know four was like not even a little intensive, since you could play it on that really crappy uh, laptop you had. Yeah, yeah. Well, the people are people are saying that they the programs that tell you how much frame rate you're getting on your screen, it'll still say sixty even though the game's slowing down. So it's probably something wrong with the engine and how it syncs. There's something okay. going on there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, I looked at it, and it didn't look that bad. And I know you have a 770, so it should have been able to play that fine. But um, that's that's fine. At least you can get your money back. You know, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not I, mean, I, I know um, um, yeah. Microsoft introduced a, a refund system similar to Steam, so it's a good thing that's happening now. Yeah, I'm probably going to put it towards the Surge, because I'm actually really interested in that game. It looks really fantastic, so I wanted to give it a shot. 
I keep looking into that. It does look kind of cool. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's fifty dollars. I have to look a little more at it to see how it how it plays, but it, it looks good at least. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I played uh, actually quite a bit of Injustice Two this week. It's been pretty fun. Uh, it plays well. I have it on the PS4 Pro, but I don't have 4K TV, so I don't really get any of the benefits out of it. But at least it runs really smooth at 60 frames, and it's just a fun game. Mostly, I just play it because the story mode's really fun, and I like the DC universe, so it's a uh, it's a good time. That and I was playing the what is uh, Chris lent me his Neo Geo X to do a video on, so I've been playing that also. Um, oh, that's the uh, was that the the new one, the new-ish one, or was that the... Yeah, that's the one that, I think it was like, what, three years ago it came out? It's the, the one that's the like the high... Nice. Yeah. One. yeah, so I have that now, too. And he got, uh, like, a, the full game with, like, the, the cartridge and everything for it, too. It looks cool. Um, it's been all right. It, it definitely shows you how, really, how much better the Switch is in terms of its um, ease of use, because that thing is a pain to, like, go from one to the other. It's not as easy as the Switch, so it, it really sh makes you appreciate the... The, the really the switching that the switch so um it's 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 definitely not easy you have to open it up you have to like push it in just right the headphone jack the mini uh hdmi and then like the the tiny uh micro usb all have to click in just right and you're not supposed to push too hard or you break it. it it's it's weird um but i mean it works and it has all the the classics you know like samurai showdown uh, Metal Slug. I was playing most of those. Then a couple others. Like I think there's a couple King of Fighters on there too, and then some other random ones I've never heard of. So it was. Uh, it's fun though. It's a good time. And the joysticks are the controllers, so it has like full joy arcade joysticks, which is cool. Um, but that was it. Was a good time there. And uh, you know what? Let me let me stay with Street Fighter here. Now that we've done all this, I kind of want to talk. I kind of want to talk to, I guess, uh, Sean about this as well. Now you've been playing Street Fighter too, right, on the Switch? Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah. Um, now you saw what the price is on it, right? It's kind of it's like forty dollars. Yeah. Now, do do you think that that is kind of high? And I can kind of argue either one way or the other. So if it gets a little lopsided, I'll kind of go the other way. But um, I'll let you guys kind of go around here, and I'll start with you, Sean, since you've played the game. I mean, it's it, I mean it's Street Fighter Two, so it's you know it's it's something most of us have played. But I'll start with you, um, and just kind of talk about the pricing on that, what your thoughts are. I mean, the the way I see it is is this is like, could they have done it digitally? Sure, and they could have done it digitally only, and it probably would have been a little cheaper. But they went the physical route, um, and you know the way the switch is set up, I think the physical and the digital have to be the same price, or there has to be some inclusion. I don't, there was something I remember reading something about that. So, is it worth the forty bucks? I mean, to me, it's like it's like saying, well, was Ocarina of Time three D? you know, worth buying again on the 3DS. Of course it was. It's one of the greatest games in that genre. And to me, Street Fighter 2, you know, whatever incarnation you're playing is one of the best fighting games in that genre. You could play Street Fighter 2 for a ridiculous amount of time. So, yeah, I mean, I have, I, you know, if I, I have no problems with it being 40 bucks, I got a free copy from um, you know Nintendo to review, I still have the other copy because it was only digital. I still already have my other copy coming in. Like, and plus when you factor in things like Amazon and the Best Buy stuff, you know, you get twenty percent off. So I think my copy through Amazon was like thirty-two bucks. I mean, if you like fighting games and you're you like old fighting games with you know modern features like online, you know, the ability to switch the graphics, a couple new modes. Like the new modes aren't great. But they're fun. They're little diversions, and um, yeah, I I 
I didn't expect to get the code for the game because I thought it was going to come through Capcom. So I was fully, you know, I had my copy purchased, you know, months ago. So to me, not a big deal, especially if you like Street Fighter Plus. I mean, people are like, oh, I wish it was Street Fighter Five. And I'm like, I mean, that game had so many problems when it when it came out, like you would be paying $60. You don't know what you're getting. You don't, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's not a big deal to me, but I could see why some people would you know, be sort of against it. Like, oh, it's a, you know, it's an old game or whatever, but it's also a great game, so. That and 5, I believe, was heavily funded by Sony, so I don't think it's going to be coming off the PS4 and PC kind of solid thing there for a while. But they also added, I thought, uh, Violent Ken, so they have a new character in it, and then they also added, actually, a different mechanic that wasn't originally into it. It was, like, guard breaking yep. or something. And, so, like, it's almost a little bit new. There's Evil Ryu as well. Uh, yeah. So you have Evil Ryu, uh, Demon Ken, and then um, Akuma, if you want to call him a new character. But yeah, I mean, I really, one of the things that like nobody seems to talk about that I actually really dig is the fact that you could take the, you can use new graphics with old sound or old graphics with new sound. There's like a, a big art book of stuff and you could like over 150 pages you can get nice and close if you like that sort of stuff so yeah i mean there's a lot of nice little additions to it and it's arguably the greatest 2d fighter ever so how do you feel about the like hadouken mode that it has do you feel like that's pretty <laughs> gimmicky yeah oh yeah it's, yeah it's so gimmicky but it's I mean, like, I still play it. I still mess around with it because there's actually a, um, a leveling system in it and there's different difficulties. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's super gimmicky. It's, it's just like, it's like motion controls that were added to so many Wii games. But I mean, it, it is sort of fun. Like, you take the Joy-Cons and you go like this to throw a Hadouken. To do a um, Dragon Punch, you have like one here and then you push one out. And then to do a Hurricane Kick, you swing them to the side. It is very gimmicky, but there's, you know, there's blocking, there's um, uh, super attacks and stuff. It, it, it is very silly, but it's a nice little diversion. Like, better to have it than not to have it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Okay. What do you, Philip, what do you, what do you think about the pricing there, man? Uh, it's hard for me to say um, because I, you know, I haven't had a chance to check out any of the new modes, but I'm, I really kind of agree with Sean. I think that Street Fighter 2 is a timeless game and certain games just kind of deserve to stay um you know valued at a certain price or whatever and so i think street fighter you know even though i can't speak for the new modes i still think that it is one of the greatest fighting games that has ever you know graced this planet and the fact that it's coming to the switch uh revamped with with new modes i mean they're trying it's going to have online it, you know it has new things that you can like what sean said mix the sounds with the graphics and stuff so i think that just by not playing it, I would pay the money for it as as a Street Fighter fan. And I think that fighting games fans out there don't necessarily have a problem paying for a Street Fighter game at that price. I mean, we're we're pretty used to it by now, I think, especially if it's like a full on, you know, remaster of the game. So I'm OK with it. OK, very good. Very good. So I think I think the price caught a lot of people off guard because they looked at the 360 version, which is $15, I think. And they're very, I mean, they're similar, right? They're not like, they're okay, they're different, but they're not like worlds different, right? I mean, it's not like a completely different game either way. No, I mean, it, it's, the, they did the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD, I think it was called. I thought it, 
I thought it might have came out at twenty, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I just checked. I just checked the shop now. It was like fourteen ninety nine. It might have been twenty when it came out. So my first thought when I saw this, when we were playing at the DC event, um, we we're playing the Switch. That was one of the booths set up. And I looked at it and I thought, okay, there's going to be the Nintendo rep there. That, be honestly with you guys, they they don't know a lot. They were there with their fact sheets and talking about it. He at least kind of knew Street Fighter. He was like, yeah, I wouldn't expect this to be more than twenty dollars. And that's pretty much where I was with it too. I, I don't expect it to be more than twenty bucks. But it comes out, it's $40. They put it physically, that's fine, because I do know there's a higher distribution cost there. If you look at, say, I mean, which one was it? Puyo Puyo Tetris, where it was more expensive to bring it out physically. I get that. It costs money to, to print these things. It's not cheap. Um, so I understand it there. I, I would have thought it might have been more like a $30 game, personally. Um, and that might have been the roof there. But honestly, if Capcom knows that they have fans that will pay $40, and it's their responsibility to put a game like that out and not lowball it because they can always drop the price later. I think it might be high for Street Fighter 2 only because I own it like three or four different ways. But if I'm a fan of Street Fighter, it's worth it to me because I'll get, you know, 100 plus hours out of a $40 game, which is a great deal. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that they price it at 40 because I looked at that way of the Hado mode. Um, Eurogamer did a thing on it. And then, of course, we've seen a lot leading up to it. And I noticed... It looks like it's the Street Fighter either four or five engine. I mean, is that what it look like? Looks like Sean? Yeah, it's it's the the character model for uh, Ryu is um, from the Street Fighter four. Okay, it is, it is so it's it's but it's their fighting engine for the most part graphics wise from either Street Fighter four or five somewhere in there, right? Like it's 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 the engine that runs their fighting games for the most part. I think so. I mean, the whole thing takes place in like a first person perspective and you actually don't move. The characters just sort of drop in. So hmm. it, it, it could be, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. Because my, my thought there was that they put a lot of development time into it, trying to see how well they could get their uh, I want to say their their fighting engine on there with the graphics that they run on their fighting game. And because I looked at it, and it looks very similar to either four or five, four or five look look similar to me i don't know if it's other people but I, I look at it and i say okay four and five maybe they're upgraded some for the ps4 but they look like the same idea and i looked at it and i said i wonder if they spent time trying to port their engine over realize that yes it'll work but we need money back for this dev time why don't we put it in as a feature for the new street fighter 2 game coming out on the switch we'll collect some extra money for that we know it works now so we can look into the future possibly bringing i don't know whenever they decide to release the next street fighter what i don't when does street fighter 5 came coming um street fighter 5 came out last year but i don't know how long like sony has a uh, a stranglehold on that i don't know if it's timed exclusive or completely exclusive i think sony i think uh, someone mentioned earlier that sony actually helped fund it so it would probably have to be like a they could probably get around it with like a special version of it or whatnot it, it seems interesting Okay. The special version, the special version, though, uh, they were very clear that they weren't going to be releasing any of those in like many, many talks because of uh, how angry everyone was with the prior releases of the game. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. And the the trick is, from what it sounds like, five, they want to stick around for a while to try to like generate more of the esport hype with it on one title as opposed to just releasing constantly. And I mean, four had a really long lifespan anyway. So okay. five is probably going to be stuck where it is now, just expanding in those systems for a while before maybe we'd be seeing a one down the road, like a six or something that then might come to other consoles. Who knows at that point, though? 
it might, maybe, it's, maybe it's future planning for them. Maybe they know now that their engine can run on it and they're going to look towards it maybe whenever they do do Street Fighter 6, even if it's like years down the road, they at least know it would run on the Switch. Because remember, Capcom was the company that came to Nintendo and said, you need more RAM in this system or we can't run our engines on it. And I feel like Street Fighter might, be, might have been one of those engines they're talking about. Um, also, the other one might have been the Resident Evil engine because that is like heavily, heavily speculated and rumored that that it's running on the Switch now as we speak in testing. So um, there, there's a couple things there. It's just it's the forty dollar tag just seems a little high for me. But like I said, I, c- I can see how fans of Street Fighter will pay it and will enjoy it. Um, so that, that's fine. And like you said, Sean, thirty two dollars if you if you have Amazon Prime or Best Buy's uh, Gamer Club um, card. So that, like I said, it makes sense to a point. I just I don't I probably won't buy it. But I'll, uh, I have other stuff I'm, I'm interested in down the road. So mostly Disgaea. I'll be getting Disgaea. So, yeah, that but looks really good. I've been playing Disgaea for a long time. So I have PS2 days. So I'm excited for it. Um, and, and honestly, if anybody out there is looking at it, you don't have to have played any of the other ones to play Disgaea 5. It is like buying a Final Fantasy. So look into That's that right. I've, I've never played any of them. And I'm actually playing Disgaea 5 on the Switch now. And... Totally fine with it. A lot of fun. You don't need to know any of the backstory. It's a totally new one. So, did they? Did I, you totally cut out in that. Can you say that again? <laughs> I said, did you get? Did you get the? Um, did you get on the uh, Japanese eShop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it on the Japanese eShop a couple months ago. I think it was almost two months ago now. Um, so I've been playing it like on and off for from that point on. And uh, it's just such a gigantic game. You could dive in there for hundreds of hours. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. You've played it before. But having it on the Switch is so cool, like being able to take it portably. So I think it's, it's going to be really popular. If you're looking for a nice meaty like RPG, then definitely think about Disgaea because it's going to take up a lot of your time. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know if they had already sent out codes or anything for it. That's why I was asking. Oh no. 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 Yeah. yeah. I don't. Okay. I have good. no idea. Good. Okay. Good. I do know oh, though I'm... that some game <laughs> stores are selling it early. There's like a, a local one um, in my area that has like hard copies early. So. Oh really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, it comes out. It comes out on like the twenty third, right? It's Tuesday. Yeah, they had it like three days ago. So I don't know if you know a place that gets placed things early, then check it out. Maybe they'll have it. Walmart Seven Eleven used to be stupid and sell them early. Yeah, <laughs> I have to I have to know somebody on the inside at Seven Eleven. There is somebody I know on the inside. That's why I got Injustice Two a day early, but um, uh, not because the company sent it to me. Although they probably should have, so I wouldn't have played it the day early. <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't know if you guys saw a lot of the stuff around Destiny Two. Um, I don't know if you, a lot of you guys play Destiny at all. Uh, Philip, you might, maybe you did. You the original PS4 Destiny. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I played the crap okay, out of that game. <laughs> Sean, Sean, did you play any of uh, any Destiny? I did not. Okay, you didn't. And I know Evan didn't because he just plays on the PC. Although mm-hmm. Destiny Two may somewhat interest him because now it's on the PC. Mm, kind of. It's... Okay. It's still not like heavily interesting. I mean, you you remember the whole conversation we had originally when Destiny 1 was announced that Bungie, when leaving Microsoft, was like, yay, now we're on to big and better things. We won't do another Halo. Then they made a Halo MMO. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. uh, Yeah, it it just didn't work out. But I mean, Destiny at its core, it's kind of the loot grind with a little bit of dungeon running in FPS, which is, that's the genre I 
really work with the best, the accuracy, knowing where to be at certain times. So I'm probably going to play it. I could easily see that. But like, I'm not like overly excited. It's not really doing anything new. And so far, all I've heard in the news about it is that it, everything they've shown to everyone is basically Destiny One, and that's uh. it. All they've t- all they've talked about is the new stuff, but they've shown none of it to any of the people at the events. So I don't know what's going on with that. But I mean, it could be interesting either way, especially since Blizzard's uh, going to be carrying it. I guess Activision told Blizzard they were supposed to be doing it on Battle.net or something. I don't know. But yep, it's going to be, be over. Yeah, it's going to be over on Battle.net, which I assume is just because Activision and Blizzard are basically the same company, so but they don't, they don't I also, care. <laughs> I think Blizzard's putting a lot more work into the esports th- side of things for competitive. And if the Battle.net platform works really well for it, and I think they might want to see if Destiny 2 can kind of go that route a little bit, then maybe that's why they're doing well, it. Let me let me hit you with this, with Destiny 2. Um, they had a bunch of interviews, uh, specifically at the event. IGN did a very good job, by the way, of pressing these guys. And they got a lot of info out that probably should not have been said in an interviews. One, they revealed that there would be no dedicated servers at all. So none. Um, which, which I think is a big blow to competitive gaming because dedicated servers obviously make it so not one person is a host, which means that person has zero ping basically and everyone else is connecting to them and then sending information back to you. And they said that all consoles will be 30 frames, but the PC will be uncapped. So it seems like the PC is going to be the version to get. Um, Evan, I mean, would, ded- would dedicated servers pretty much it- wipe the thought of competitive gaming, Evan? Not necessarily. I mean, down the road, they don't need dedicated servers as much if they have like a centralized type system anyway that you can suddenly join to. But uh, if if the trick with that game is more like a localized thing, hmm, they could do local tournaments easy. That wouldn't be a problem. But again, again, the other issue is I guess Blizzard changes their directions with a lot of their stuff. So if that's on battle.net, maybe Blizzard might eventually roll into dedicated servers. But with the uh, with the frame cap, though, for the interview I was, or actually this the talk I was listening to earlier, the guy said he played it mostly on console because that's where he started with the game. But then when there was like a whole separate room that was kind of like almost Hobbit-like, you'd go in, it's all dark and just a bunch of computers and things. Uh, he checked all those screens and he was like, it was ungodly realistic at the extremely high frame rates. He was so concerned about like the lower frame rates on consoles by comparison. So it was they, nuts. Well, they, they also talked about, <laughs> they talked about a lot of features for the PC 21 by nine field of view changing a lot of stuff, but then they also talked about, all right. So the IGN uh, person who was interviewing the host pressed them about the Nintendo switch. Um, Sean, did you see any of this? Yeah, I saw that. I think everybody saw it because everybody complained. Everybody went on YouTube and made a video about this, right? I think everybody did. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, Philip, did you see this also? Um, yeah, I did. Okay, so essentially what he tries to say is that, well, first he tries to ease into the situation, right? He says, I own a Switch, though. I have it right here. You know, don't get mad at me. <laughs> and um, uh, talks about Breath of the Wild, but then he goes on to say that it's unrealistic to think that the destiny 2 would be on the switch because the switch is a portable system and destiny is an online only game you need to connect their servers to play it so in their mind the switch will never get destiny 2 this again this is a developer talking about it this is not activision who is talking about this but a developer is saying we don't have a single player it won't be on the switch uh, what do you guys what do you guys think exactly here though i'm curious 
Well, I mean, Splatoon 2 is coming out, and yeah, it has a single player, but I don't really think anyone plays, you know, single player on it. It's mostly an online game. Um, you know, it's just, to me, it's just PR, you know. Um, if, if they're saying it's a portable system, but it's, it's really not, like, I'd probably play my system more as a home console than a portable. The portable is just an option, you know. It's just an, an extra bonus thing. So, I mean, it doesn't doesn't really bother me. You know, the first Destiny didn't really look that attractive to me. Um, the second one, I'm sure, won't be very attractive to me. But I know there's a lot of people that want games like that and Overwatch. Um, at the end of the day, it's a Western developer. The Western developer cares about one thing and one thing only, and that is console sales. If a calculator came out today that started selling like hotcakes that was pretty much an NES inside of a calculator, you bet your ass they would put Destiny on that thing because they just want to sell units. So, you know, the Switch is still early. You know, it's been selling really well. That could always change. Um, you know, they say one thing now, but if the system sales continue, uh, they would always change their tune. So I, I don't know. I always take what Western developers say um, with a grain of salt because, you know, money talks. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Money definitely does talk. Let me ask uh, Philip, what do you what do you think about his statements for the Switch? Yeah, I mean, isn't Dragon Quest X coming to the Switch pretty I was, soon? I was hoping no one would say that. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. a full-on MMO game. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, the Switch can totally handle online-only games. And Destiny, yes, it's an online-only game. But it's also one of the most popular games in the world right now. And I don't see a reason why we can't get a Switch version um, eventually some sometime down the line. And I think that you hit it on the mark when you said this is a developer saying this, it's not Activision. Like, I think that that is very, people need to understand that because Activision at any point could be like, well, actually, you know, that we, we think otherwise. So, you know, he doesn't maybe know all the details and maybe, you know, I'm just hoping out for wishful thinking or whatever. But I, I do think that eventually we will see Destiny come to the Switch. Um, maybe not this year, maybe not alongside the other consoles, but I, I think we might see it maybe at the end of next year. So, and someone in the chat made a good point. Um, Payday Two, right? Payday Two is you know that's an online game, so um, you they're can, you obviously can play, you can play single player in that though. It's completely. garbage. Oh, really? Single player, but you can yeah. play it. Yeah, you can play it. Yeah, you don't have to go uh, online for it. Okay. It's way more fun online, though, with other people, oh, yeah. by far. <laughs> um, I was, uh, like, the other night watching YouTube videos on my Switch for the first time, just checking that out. And I watched the Destiny 2 uh, gameplay video, and I was just like, this feels so right, like, holding my Switch. Just like, why can't this happen, you know? This, this <laughs> needs to happen. It, it, why can't I just loot on my Switch? <laughs> I will say, though... Uh, the Wi-Fi connection on the Switch isn't the best, although I don't think that should keep Destiny 2 from being there because you have LAN adapters. <laughs> um, but True, uh, yeah. uh, Evan, what do, you, what do you think about their remarks about how a portable unit can't have an online-only game, essentially? I mean, if it's that specific remark, uh, it's obviously being disproven. I, even back with the 3DS, I think I played Fantasy Star, the online one, with a bunch of my friends constantly. <laughs> that was, that yeah. was on the DS. Yeah. Fantasy oh, yeah. Star Zero. I love that game. Yeah, so like it's already been disproven that that can't happen. Um, so I don't know why he was saying that specifically. He was probably trying to speak more towards the technological difficulty of being able to do it the way they might want to do it. Because I mean, does if it comes out on the Switch, does that stick everyone in that community on the Switch in their own servers? Can they only do their own thing, or are they, they trying to? It's yeah, split up between all of them. 
Yeah, but the eventuality is I'd really hope that it all kind of pulls together between all the consoles, but that probably won't happen. That's, that's a dream. That's a dream all. we've been waiting for for a long time, Evan. Oh God, it would be so fun. Pokemon <laughs> um, Madness made a pretty. Uh, Pokey Madness in the chat, he made a pretty good point um, saying that once we get Rainway, maybe we can just stream Destiny from the PC onto our Switches if it if it tends to work out well. It could happen. It could happen. So. But uh, but the, okay, so this is this is a big reason why you don't let developers take these kind of interviews because IGN knows that they have a developer cornered here and they can just press them for these things. If a PR person made this statement, they would have probably been fired or at least suspended like tomorrow <laughs> because this is this is something that they will probably end up going back on down the road if, like Sean said, the Switch does well, which it looks like it will do well. If this time next year there's you know 12 million Switches out there, Destiny is going to figure out how to release one of their 20 full-priced expansions for the system because next year, like I said, we'll probably be buying... I don't know what the 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 Forgotten King or something is it Taken King, but you know some some other expansion that costs full price if you want to go buy it in stores, and maybe we just go buy it on a Switch if we want it on the Switch. But it, you don't. It's a bad example, definitely, because like you said, Philip, Dragon Quest Ten is going to be on the Switch. It's online only. Um, I do think that things like Nintendo's online plan maybe kind of tripping Activision up right now because the, no one knows what Nintendo's going to do with their online service right now and we're expected to pay for it in August or September sometime in the fall. So I hope in the next couple weeks at E3 we find out what this online service is. I feel like because it's an online only game right now Activision is just, you know, they're 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 cautiously optimistic. They want to see what this online application is before they dive in beforehand because the worst case is they start developing for it and then they realize they can't Use, they can't have Destiny be Destiny on the Switch with the online service provided to them. So, uh, honestly, I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't think most of the people who have the Switch don't have access to another system as well if they want Destiny. Um, I do think the Switch is a great partner system, like I've said before, whether you have a PC or a PS4 or an Xbox One. The Switch is an awesome system to have with another system as well um, because you're going to get different games on the Switch that just won't be on the PS4 or the Xbox One and vice versa. So, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Most people are going to buy Destiny probably weren't going to buy it on the switch right now um maybe next year it's different when there's more switches out of there so um but philip you you started talking about rainway man um, yeah <laughs> and this Good is interesting rainway. this is interesting um did you guys see that the reddit ama that happened <laughs> yes i did very good, very good. There were some interesting things in there actually um philip did you want to did you want to run down the ama with us yeah, sure. Um, I don't have it pulled up or anything like that, but I can definitely comment on some questions. I thought that, I don't know, I thought that there was a lot of weird things happening, a lot of interesting things being said by the developers, a lot of stuff that was like really not on or really, really kind of unclear and a little contradictory of itself. So I don't know. Do you have any example questions you can throw out there? I can pull, I can pull some up. The one that was really interesting to me, though, was that they, it will be um, not only local, but it'll also be uh, through the internet. So if you're at work, you can stream from your PC to your Switch. Right, yes, that looked awesome. That's gonna be a huge feature, which is basically what Remote Play has for the PS4, right? So you can, if you have a certain network provider, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, whereas the, obviously a PC is going to be, uh, the, the, the choice is gonna be a lot more diverse and the performance should be better as well, obviously. Um, that was that was in there you're absolutely right but that was the most interesting they even shared a video because i've been pretty skeptical of this whole situation with nintendo but they at least did share a video of it actually working like they they he was streaming from like like 
100 miles away or something like that, and it was working on, on his computer in his browser. Apparently, you just open a browser and it'll work. So um, what, do you, what do you think about that, Sean? It's very interesting. Um, there was, I remember there was a service um, called, I want to say it was called OnLive, where it was like a streaming thing where essentially you could play um, like AAA games um, on anything that had a web browser. I remember I had this crappy $200 um, netbook and I was playing like Batman Arkham City on it because it would go through this service. Um, that service ended up getting bought out. So, I mean, it is within the realm of possibility. I could see a lot of legal hurdles, maybe, potentially. Um, but I don't know. It, it would be very interesting. And the Switch, would, out of all the systems, of course, would be the one to benefit the most because... Um, you know, you can take it with you. And if it if it gives you the option to take it with you and stream, you know, that's very interesting. So I, I don't know. I definitely I'm skeptical of it, you know, of how well it will actually work, you know, but um, there's definitely a lot of potential with it. Oh, absolutely. There definitely there definitely is. But um, Evan, what do you would you use the switch like that through Rainway if you're like away from your computer and you could play it on your switch? If it's fast enough, I could see myself doing that. I don't know, though. <sighs> I get the need to do it, but I, I guess if like I'm at work or something, maybe it, as long as there's no latency issue. Cause I do remember on live, I think John, you and me played with it. Someone brought <laughs> in a controller or something that one time for work. I just, I remember I signed up for the service, um, just signed up for it. You can just use like your mouse and keyboard if you wanted to. And we tried playing, I think it was crisis two. Uh, we played home front, I think at the store and you could very clearly feel the input lag between yes. like you doing something and it actually happening. And I couldn't stand that. That would be the most annoying feeling in the world. Just trying to do it. I'd rather just wait. But if they're achieving good things with it, if it feels almost one to one or even just really close to that, then that's fantastic. Well, they're, they're, I think they're quoting 20 millis or 20 millisecond, um, uh, lag input lag back and forth. That's before you, uh, say, add your own connection in so you could be dealing with like 100 to 150 ping which you would feel in like twitch games like a fighter like a street fighter for example but you may not feel in an rpg like at all yeah so it would probably limit it down to i guess turn-based rpgs actions and games that don't require a lot of like timing so i mean i guess for that maybe but until it reaches that point where it's so insanely fast, which with our country's internet will probably never happen. So, all right, yeah, our, our yeah, our internet sucks here. <laughs> As you can see, I can't stream to Twitch in here at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's uh, that's just Comcast for you. Unfortunately, I'm I'm stuck with Comcast. So, um, but I yeah, Rainway looks good. I am I am honestly at this point shocked that Nintendo is even talking to them. It, it's shocking. Do you? Now let me let me ask you guys: Do you think that Rainway could potentially hurt Nintendo's uh, system by providing people with other ways to play games that Nintendo can't monetize? Well, definitely. The if you have an emulation system set up somewhere else, and when they start releasing that online, when they start releasing that console setup, unless they add extra things to it. Well, I'm also thinking of that, yeah, but I'm also thinking of things like, let's say a game like, let's just take NBA 2K18 that we know is coming out on all systems, and the best version, say, is on the PC, and you want the visuals, you want the frame rate, you want everything, and would you then buy it on the PC and just play it on your Switch occasionally when you're around the house, and not buy it on the Switch? 
if it worked really well, then yes. Like if if you could stream pretty flawlessly around your house or whatever, um, I I would do that. I would do that all the time. But I don't think it's gonna work very well. <laughs> I mean, I think it's gonna work well. I don't think it's gonna work well enough for me to say I'm just gonna get this game on my PC and every possible game on my PC and just stream it to my Switch, even though there's a Switch version already. Because I like I don't know. I feel like I've done that before with other games. And it just always comes down to I'd rather just play a game that's like inside of my system than streaming it from somewhere because nine times out of ten it's just going to be a better experience. Um, right, right. But yeah. they, I mean, Nintendo really needs to deal with hypotheticals here. Like, what's the worst case scenario if we allow them on here? The worst case scenario is that it works flawlessly and they take sales from the eShop store. Whether it is through, like Evan was saying, you can stream Mario World from your PC that you have downloaded on an emulator. Um, or even maybe, I don't know, like, like a 2K18, or maybe maybe Xenoverse 2 comes out, the better version will be on the PC graphically and frame rate-wise. Maybe you get it on there and just stream it with Rainway. So that's that's where it gets interesting. That's true. Very, very true. I don't know. It does seem like a, like it's a promising app. Like, they're... they're and, and by that, I mean they're actually promising a lot of stuff. Um, you know, like the actual mapping of the controller for the Switch is supposed to be like running off of an Xbox controller and you can like remap all of the buttons and personalize it the way you would expect to do on pretty much any PC game. And it says that it actually like for those of you guys still not sure, um, you play your own PC games It like finds the games that you have in your Steam account and your like um, Origin account. And I'm sure your Blizzard account, if that's going to work, too. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that we, the beta is going to tell us a lot, but obviously it's a beta, like, so we don't know how the final one's going to run, but hopefully it gets through and I'm excited to see it pop up on the eShop, you know? It's going to be free too. It's not going to cost any money. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is shocking. <laughs> like they're, they, I feel like they're leaving a lot of money on the table there, but they did say they're going to try to monetize it through other means, which may mean like sales or something through it. Like maybe you, if you buy a game through their app, you get it on your Steam account, but you get a percentage. I don't know how they're going to do that. They were talking about no ads. So some other way, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure how they would go about monetizing that with no ads, no upfront cost. I wouldn't so. be surprised if we saw something down the line where they offered like some sort of streaming rental service. So you could just rent a game that you don't necessarily own and just stream that if they get the tech down right. That, we'll that, that, I could see it. That at least makes some sense. You know, I, I, I get that. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about something that kind of took over the Nintendo community this week. That was the Arms Nintendo Direct. Um, this was this was pretty interesting because it showed off a lot. And you know what? I'm gonna let I'm actually gonna let Sean take the the reins here for this one, um, and kind of tell us what he what he thought about the Nintendo Direct. Um, I mean, Arms in general is actually a very interesting game to me because um when we were watching um jason and i were live streaming the nintendo presentation um basically you know when they first unveiled the system and showed whatever and they kept showing this arms game and i'm like dude i'm tired of this arms game get it off the screen it looks stupid I that's don't interesting care because it. you're you're a fighting game fan that's interesting yeah and I, I couldn't stand it it looked so dumb to me i was like this looks terrible go away and then they kept showing a little bit more and i was like mm, okay then they showed a little bit more and i was like mm, okay and now i'm like super into it i'm like okay this looks amazing it's it's so unique and different and you know just the amount of different you know modes and all sorts of stuff I, arms arms is going to be 
what Splatoon was to the Wii U I, in terms of nobody thinks it's going to be, you know, that successful, but it's going to be successful as hell. And um, it, it's very interesting, you know, a brand new IP. And I, I really like it now. I think it looks awesome. Like, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it's very difficult to create new new intellectual properties in this day and age. You see, like somehow they figured it out with Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think they figured it out with Arms also. Um, Philip, what did you think about the Arms Direct, man? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I thought that um, we finally got to see like why Arms is going to be worth sixty dollars. Um, all the new modes look really interesting. They did. They went a little bit more out there than I thought that they would with them. Like I didn't expect to see like a basketball thing or volleyball and stuff like that. But I'm really liking what I see. And then the new characters, of course, like some of them leaked. Was it Helix that leaked or another think, one? Oh, this is this is hilarious. They had um. You mean the ones that? The people, the ones that leaked ahead of the direct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was Switch Force being Switch Force. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, they 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 uh, unfortunately for them, I guess, leaked this ahead of time. Um, I don't know if I guess people had access to it ahead of time. I I wasn't aware of this. I think um, there was like some sort of event that went on for like media or something like that that people got invited uh, to. So that makes sense. Yeah, they leaked ahead of time, which probably isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't but, imagine Nintendo being but go happy on, about that. Go, go on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I think that uh, I had a similar reaction to Sean. I wasn't as thrilled uh, with ARMS when I first saw it. I gave it, I, I stayed optimistic the whole time, but then once I actually played it um, at the Switch event a couple months ago in San Francisco, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like, I could see what they were trying to do. I could see the depth of it, but I could also see how like it's easy to just jump into and start flailing your arms around and doing some damage. So it's a game that you could essentially play with someone who's playing for the first time, but you could also like have a really like, you know, crazy sort of like technical match with somebody who knows what they're doing as well, if you know what you're doing. So I think that it does have a lot of potential and I totally think that it is going to be sort of the, the underdog smash hit of the switch in in a way that splatoon was for the wii u but i also think that splatoon 2 is going to be pretty big as well so <laughs> we'll see yeah sure evan now evan's interesting on this because uh obviously evan's a pc gamer here mostly but i'm curious what your take is on arms evan it, i watched the direct when you were running it because i actually had time that day which was fantastic it's an interesting game the trick was up until that point uh, everyone's been saying it's a fighter, which I get. It looks like everyone's punching each other. But when I watched the the video for it, it felt more kind of like how the older Neo Geo games we used to play, John, like Windjammers, like the technicality of it. Windjammers coming back, by the way. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> but the player versus player aspect of it, it, yeah, you're punching each other, but then there's that element of like knowledge of arcing and positioning and stuff that it's not really about combos as much as it's about using the tools you have in that moment at the right time, which really felt great for those older Neo Geo games we used to play and love. So it feels more like that to me than what everyone's been saying is like, oh, it's just a fighter. So that makes it interesting to me, I think. The only problem I have is, I guess, when they talked about the arcade-type system in it where you get uh, new fists to use, and then if you get a an equivalent fist, you get more damage. Did they say anything? I don't know if I caught that. Did they say anything about that rolling into the player versus player stuff? Because that would be kind of crappy to give more damage to the people who've been playing long. Well, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a ranked mode. I have a feeling if you play ranked mode, it's probably like level across the board. I, I think that mode is probably for more like the party modes or the social play 
or anything like that. I have a feeling it won't be for the mat, like the, the rank. There's no way you're going to walk into, if they want to be competitive, you're not going to walk into like Evo with a guy who's maxed out. Uh, I mean, you're going to expect other people to as well, but you get what I'm saying. Cause then there's, there's different levels of play there. I assume it'll be straight across the board. Um, yeah, hopefully that definitely sticks that way, but it's interesting. All the modes, all the functions, all the mini games, the mini games are definitely amazing to me. I thought those were awesome. What a creative um, idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am I am actually a lot more excited about ARMS than I thought I would be. I made a video, a video about it and, it, and it, and it got a lot of feedback, but I was shocked, honestly, at how much content they jammed in there. I was very concerned because, keep in mind, this game is out in less than a, well, no, a month now. It's out in a month, and we didn't know anything up in, really about it up until, what, a couple a couple days ago then. But now we know all this stuff where I'm just, just going to run down some of the really cool stuff for you guys that you – You've, you've obviously saw free DLC. You don't have to pay for DLC, apparently. They're going to add stuff and you just get it. 20 people in a lobby. 20 people. You can do a split screen. up to Actually, you can do up to four people on the same screen playing, which is insane. Or if you go over to someone's house, obviously, you could technically use one Joy-Con, although they did say that's not the best way to play it. So I would recommend maybe getting an extra set of Joy-Cons and just doing straight motion controls. Um, 20 people, 60 frames per second, by the way. It's a 60 frames per second, 1080p game. Same people doing Mario Kart are making this, and they are very talented. Um, now, when it drops down, uh, Eurogamer did a whole thing with Digital Foundry where it does this weird alternating refresh rate. So, like, half the screen refreshes and the other half does. So, it cuts down to 30, but technically the whole screen is still 60 frames. It's very interesting. Um, but overall, they, they show us some new characters, which, by the way, I think the robot policeman and the dog are probably the, the most creative one because technically there's there's two people there so they had to figure out a way to balance basically two on one and uh i just I, overall the game took me by surprise and it is probably going to be their next big ip like sean was saying that could compete with like how splatoon one had that effect on the wii u we could see arms well we could be excited for arms two you know like four years from now because it's that big of a game yeah, I agree. I, th yeah. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be something really. I mean, it, when you look at it, what is there like it? You know, Splatoon. Yeah, it's a shooter, but it's a very unique shooter, and that's what made it popular. That's what made people like it. And this is sort of in that si similar vein. You know, it's a. It's technically kind of a fighter, but there's just like tons of extra stuff, tons of layers of depth and whatnot. It, it's it's very exciting. I can't wait to play it. What I, what really like piques my interest about it is people who were initially turned off by the motion controls say like now after having like a lot of time with it at that press event um, are saying that like they really can't even picture playing without it anymore. You know, but we, so, we were talking to Philip, you and I were talking about that like weeks ago because we played it at the events and it was it was great. The motion controls right. were fine. Right. Yeah. I thought that they were great, too. I just feel like I would get tired, like, you know, after playing for an hour or something like that. So I, I do I do hope that the traditional controls like work as well. If you just want to, like, you know, snap the Joy-Cons back on and go into handheld mode. So we'll see, though. They say that you're more accurate with the motion controls. Well, you have it's easier, I think, to do things like the hooks and you, you, you know, you turn your punches. I just right. think there's a lot of stuff that's hard to do on what is essentially a 2D controller, you know, 2D plane. You don't have like these hooks and uppercuts and stuff you can do. And honestly, I, I talked about it before, I think it looks like it's just going to be more fun if you're not going to be competitive with it. It looks like it'll just be more fun with motion controls because you can't win like you could in Wii Boxing where, you know, you just, you just go like this forever. <laughs> that, that does not look to be the case here. It looks like you actually have to, like Evan said, plan your moves out before you do them or at least have that mind game with the person across from you. So I like, I like the idea of that. And Evan, you, you could probably, 
you could probably test this. That's how you make a good competitive esports game if there are mind games that are involved with it. Oh yeah, definitely. It's still still like I said, I guess two podcasts, one podcast ago. It is going to come down to who wants to fund the tournaments, and it's going to come down to whether or not the people who are professional at it actually think that like you that the joy cons work or if they all go with the regular controller if that feels well as as how they use it so well, it'll let me, be interesting let me ask you, to let me ask you this evan if somebody shows up um to a tournament do you think it has to be the same across the board like everyone has to use controllers or everyone has to use motion controls or can somebody show up use motion controls and be comfortable with the person across them just using a controller and vice the, versa the community usually determines that which is why at most uh, like Street Fighter things, you'll see fight sticks, you'll see regular controllers, you'll see all that stuff. Um, so it'll come down to what the community feels, and I imagine in this game they'll feel that both will be perfectly fine. Not like how you remember Tatsunoko versus Capcom. If you use the Wii Mote, you had like the infinite combos; it would just string for you. But if you use the classic controller, you had to actually know the combos. Like that, that's out. Like they definitely force you to use not the Wii Mote for that game. So this one, as long as both feel fine. The community will probably be okay with it. Okay, very good, very good. So, um, <clears throat> I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about E3 because it's like a month away, right? Or less than that, actually. It's like three weeks away or something like that. Because it starts on the 11th, I think. Because Microsoft's going to kind of start things off with their Scorpio reveal on Sunday, and then it's going to kind of snowball from there. Um, but we do know PlayStation will be Monday, and I, and I think Nintendo is Tuesday. So. Let me let me ask you guys. We had this. Um, did you guys see the whole thing with Scalebound this past week? I think those two days ago, where they they kind of renewed the trademark. Yeah, I think it was just to um, just to keep. I, I read something um, it, basically poo pooing on the fact that Microsoft might be trying to um, trying to like revive it or something. Right. Yeah, they're 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 probably not reviving it. More than likely, I talked about this in the video, but it looks like they at least renewed it with hopes of doing something with it eventually. Whether it's selling it or just honestly, something to do is just keep it from somebody else. Because without the trademark, someone could make a completely different game and call it Scalebound. Is, is right. what's happening here. So they want to keep that off, but it, it kind of it, it's still now we know Phantom Dust is here. Phantom Dust is free, by the way. Um, I don't know if did you download it, Philip. Uh, I never downloaded it. Okay. No, I didn't get a chance. Okay, go download it. Um, <laughs> um, it so we, that's that was one of their big things that they were talking about, right? That that is not out yet. Halo Six will not be at E3. Phantom Dust is free. You can get it. That was great fan service. I'm very happy about that. But now everyone's kind of looking at Microsoft. Um, they're going to show up with Scorpio, but what are they going to show up there with other than Scorpio? Because again, I've saw this before hardware is sold with games. I'm still not sure what they do here because they now we know halo six will not be there. And now we know phantom dust was just kind of a, a almost a throwaway game to them because it's free with microtransactions. It's not going to be the big phantom dust that I guess people were hoping it'd be. Um, so I'm not sure now. I don't know if you guys have any ideas or if Sean, you have any ideas for Microsoft because it does not look very good right now. No, they're, they're going to go. They're going to go out there and be like, this is the most powerful system and the best way to play your third-party multi-plats. And people are going to be like, okay, where are the games? Well, we, uh, next year we'll have games for it. Like, I don't know. My, Microsoft is just, they're in such a weird position right now. And I don't understand why people, people, people feel like they're going to have all these 
you know, s- exclusive announcements and stuff. And it's just like, you just look at their lead into E3, like how small their little area is and stuff. Like they're, they're not going to be doing much. Their, their whole focus is going to be on the Scorpio, which I feel is very stupid. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And that's just, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. It's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what their thought process is. Cause you need, you need games to sell a system. Otherwise you're selling a PC. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like they have Crackdown 3, right? There is that, but we still haven't seen much about this. I mean, this is the same thing, guys, that happened with Scalebound leading up to Scalebound. They said everything was great, it was working well, and then out of nowhere it gets canceled. This right. is, Crackdown 3 is literally following what happened to Scalebound. If they don't show it at E3, I'm concerned that, that Crackdown 3 is canceled. And because remember, that was the big thing about that is no, well, no matter what they do here. Crackdown 3 won't live up to the hype because remember their big thing um, when they first showed Crackdown 3 was that it's going to use the power of the cloud to <laughs> physics rendering. Yeah, server-side physics for multiplayer. Do you think that's still happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that's happening. And what happens when they show up and they show up with a completely different game and it's not Crackdown 3 that everyone was hoping would be promised to them? Do, does everyone just accept that and move on and then Crackdown comes out and it's like a, a game that reviewers call a 6 out of 10 with broken promises? I I, I, I don't know. They, 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 they've screwed the pooch since day one with this system. It's just been so so strange to me. It just I, I don't know. But no, I don't think Crackdown 3 is going to be anything like they first promised. Um you know they have what Crackdown three. They've got that that pirate game uh, Sea of Thieves. That game actually looks pretty good though. That's, that that's gonna be a PC. That's gonna be a PC. Right. Well, <laughs> well I'm playing it on PC. Everything <laughs> that that you know Microsoft puts out on the Xbox One is is on PC except for like Sunset Overdrive. Like it's it's just I, I don't know what they're doing. They have, and, they have Cuphead too, which actually looks pretty cool. Also, but where has that been? Cuphead <laughs> Cuphead should have been came out. Like yeah, it should have. <laughs> what's going on with that? that? That there's there's way too much weird stuff going on, and I think it's just going to get even weirder at E3. Yeah, they I, they seriously need to show up with like three good exclusives at E3, or there's going to be a problem. I think going forward, and I, I've talked about this before. I think there's a budget constraint somewhere at Microsoft because they're producing this very powerful system that will not sell well. I, I don't see how it's going to sell well, um, and instead they're they're not spending the money on games. They're spending on that piece of hardware that realistically will do well, but. Like, why don't you just get a PC instead? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's confusing to me. Now, what, what, okay, what exclusive do you think Microsoft could get um, to show up to the, the, to the, the big dance at E3 with? What, what could they show up there with? <sighs> a, a Halo spinoff? But they, but they said no Halo. They did say there's going to be a, a, a little surprise from 343. We talked about it before. I think it's going to be the Halo Wars 2 DLC, probably the story mode DLC. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I talked about it before saying that they should actually open their wallets and buy Bayonetta 3 for the system. Um, but will that happen? Probably not. <laughs> um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? I, I don't know. Like, There's not... Okay, I'll I'll just take a shot in the dark. Maybe they're doing something with Sega, and that's this whole Sega thing, all this crazy Sega stuff that's going on, rebranding and Sega Forever. Yeah, Sega Forever. Yep. And then there was like another thing today. Um, 
just maybe they're partnering with Sega and they're going to get Virtual Fighter and Shining Force and Fantasy Star and Streets of Rage and all those great franchises that Sega forgot. Or maybe Microsoft is just going to go the way of Sega and, and leave hardware soon. They, I mean, but then they don't have games to really fall back on. <laughs> they have ha- they, what they would probably do is just develop for Windows. Like Halo would become a yeah. Windows exclusive, you know, and then yeah. um, they'll sell it through their Windows store. Everyone will get mad. Eventually, it comes to Steam. <laughs> It'll just follow the the Quantum Break timeline, you know, where where it starts there and then it moves to Steam. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Microsoft technically doesn't have. They don't have to produce the Xbox. In fact, like I said before, investors don't want them to produce the Xbox. It's a waste of money to them because Windows is that's where the money is. They could make uh-huh. games put it on Windows and they would sell fine. So it's interesting no. to think that. Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at the three companies, Nintendo is video games. They dabble in other things, but they're video games. Sony's most profitable vision is video games. Everything else, you know, TVs, um, computers. Actually, actually, you might be a little surprised. Their most profitable thing right now is insurance. Really? Isn't that crazy, right? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's insurance. They, they, do, they have an entire insurance company and division in Japan, and because insurance is such a scam, it, it is, <laughs> you, they, they make a ton of money from it. Huh. I know, but, right? Isn't that weird? <laughs> but gaming does well for Sony. Yes. And then you yes. have yes. Microsoft, whose weakest division that you know investors have been saying for years now that they don't like is gaming. So I, I don't know. I think they're the uh, they're the odd horse out here, and I think E three is going to be very telling, very telling for Microsoft. Um, whether it's good or bad, you know, I don't know, but it'll be very telling. Yeah, I it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Um, that's fortunately they get theirs out of the way uh, Sunday right away, pretty much. So we'll know instantly what's happening with microsoft good or bad uh i i just hope that they show up there forza will be there their racing game will be there um halo will not crackdown i assume will be but i i don't know what else maybe they do have something up their sleeve what do you what do you think philip is that is this like um, it for microsoft do they need to really come to the table with something i hope not i mean they definitely need to show up with something i mean maybe state of decay decay 2 will uh will be like shown off full blast on on the scorpio but that that again is also a pc game as well right like you can get yeah. that so why would you get a scorpio just for that PC, yep. yeah, yeah like, I'd, 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 I'd look at buying a gtx 1080 for 500 dollars or 1080 ti instead of a scorpio <laughs> right look i mean you know what's scary to me is i love xbox i gamed so hard on my microsoft consoles yeah, oh, on, yeah. i had Every single one of them, guys. And and I started out, when, when they announced Scorpio, I started out as a huge cheerleader for it. And now I'm just like, I don't know anymore. Like, I really don't know if I'm going to get one anymore unless they show me something at E3 that really wows me. Like, there's no reason. You know, like, it is a third-party machine, but we have a PS4 for that, you know? And I feel bad for anyone who just has an Xbox right now um, and doesn't have a PS4. And that sucks. Like, it, it hurts to say that because I'm like... You know, I've always been more of an Xbox guy, to tell you the truth. So, People are saying this in the chat. Okay, so um, what happened was, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, I saw this. This was Richard Review Tech talked about this. Um, there, was an, there was a tweet that went out. Basically, it said that Microsoft is not going to do any um, parity at this point between the Xbox and the Scorpio for things like frame rate. Obviously, resolution. That's, that's pretty obvious. But see any more about frame rate. And the, the idea here is... What he's saying is there's a chance that they move to exclusivity for Scorpio games. So a game comes out and it's exclusive to the Scorpio. 
And that's interesting because that was their not not their original plan. Do you guys think that Scorpio exclusive games are coming? Why? I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna seg. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The last time a company tried this was the Almighty Nintendo with their 3DS line, and they made what one new 3ds exclusive game there was one indie game the binding of isaac and then there was one game that ran substantially better which was hyrule warriors now why did nintendo stop doing those because you're segmenting your market like that would that would be terrible like it makes the most sense but what if you do that what you're basically saying is this is a successor to the xbox one this will have um exclusive games for it you need to buy it and I don't think Xbox One owners, you know, in 2017 are going to be like, yes, finally, we got a new system because there were so many great exclusives on the old one. Like, oh, man, should they should they do it? Maybe, because what's the point of having all this power just to have, uh, you know, a little bit more? Uh, oh, yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors is a new 3DS exclusive. But that's also because it's using the Hyrule Warriors engine and Hyrule Warriors ran like crap on the original 3ds it ran really well on the new 3ds but um it it you know it, you're segmenting a market that's not that big to begin with and that's very very dangerous yeah absolutely what do you what do you think philip do you think exclusive scorpio games is the answer <laughs> no definitely not it would be a nightmare it would it would officially be the end i think for microsoft <laughs> if they did that i mean it, why why not just release the next xbox then if you're just going to make exclusive games for like a new xbox just call it xbox you know four or whatever um i think that they've already come out and said that this is going to be a backwards compatible or i mean that this console is going to play like they're not going to develop for just one or the other like it's going to play both games all the games will play between both consoles there'll be parody um and for them to go back on that word now would just be like we wouldn't take that i don't think the public would take that i just don't see that happening it'd be worse than a red ring in my opinion Sure, sure, Evan. What do you what do you think, Evan? I know I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, "Well, I just buy a 1080 instead of a Scorpio." But let's just <laughs> pretend that you're you know you're a mainstream consumer walking in. You get the Scorpio, and you realize that, that there are um, there's exclusive games to it. Is that is that good? Do you think Microsoft should push that? Well, not no. It's not good from a business standpoint, definitely. Especially since it's going to be the Scorpio, which we're already determining isn't going to sell well. And if it's a Scorpio exclusive, who are you going to be playing that game with if it's multiplayer? It's just not going to happen. Um, there's, I don't know, the Scorpio seems weird. The wording of that tweet makes it sound a little off. Because I know they showed off that uh, that Xbox headset, the HoloLens mixed with whatever else they had. Yes, but the, yep, big place, the, the, reality. the big place they showed that off at was like an engineering convention talk almost, uh, where they showed off programs that could run on it to be able to manipulate uh, 3D models of things that need to be built and such. I'm almost feeling like... What if they're just trying to like rebrand it over so that the Xbox One is more of a cheap alternative for a business to purchase since it's the same hardware, same program, same drivers, same updates as any of the others. And if uh, your business has it and another business has it, you can utilize that AR function to interact with each other in your projects a little bit easier than having computers that could have some slight variations and issues. Like what if that's really their goal? Because if, if it's not just about the game parody and stuff, what if it's just programs? What if there's going to be programs specific to the Scorpio instead uh, that would run? Because why would they show off all those different program functions with the AR helmets 
if not to interact with something other than just uh, the uh, Windows system. Like, I don't know. It, it's just all very weird. There's nothing that I enjoy about listening with this Scorpio <laughs> stuff. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're on the right track there with the VR headsets. I think that's the big reason Scorpio is even showing up because it still has the same. It, so people are excited. They're thinking that the Scorpio is going to, now that it's being, the parody calls and stuff's being removed from it, it's going to all of a sudden play next generation, if you want to call it next generation level games, but it still has the same CPU. It still has the Jaguar processor, which is not, it's not a good, it's a laptop processor. It's, it's not a good processor. And Destiny, the, the developer for Destiny pretty much threw the Jaguar processor under the bus and said, it, it can't be 60 frames because it's CPU bound with the physics and stuff we're running in game. So the PS4 Pro's GPU is strong enough, but the CPU isn't. But the Scorpio has the same CPU. So how is, this, how is the Scorpio all of a sudden going to do 60 frames? That's, that's my question there. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that the, the Scorpio is still hampered by that CPU. It'll, it'll do well. It'll still do 4K. I'm sure their games will do 60 frames. Um, so far, all we've seen is, is Forza, and that, that already ran well on the, on the Xbox One, the regular Xbox One. So until we see games like, say, Destiny 2 run 60 frames, all of a sudden, then it's worth it. But until then, you're paying $500 for a prettier picture, and then you're trying to sell it to the mainstream consumer who doesn't understand checkerboard pattern between PS4 Pro and a Scorpio. And that's going to be their main competition. It's going to be Scorpio versus PS4 Pro at Christmas time. And of course, the Switch will be over here doing their own thing selling, but it's, it's not going to be easy to sell against an item that's probably at least $150 cheaper. So I, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't have Super Mario Odyssey on it. It doesn't have Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> doesn't have doesn't have Crash Bandicoot on the other side. It doesn't have Persona. <laughs> it doesn't have doesn't have uh, what is it? Near doesn't have Neo. <laughs> like the list goes on. Doesn't have Mario Kart. Yeah, it's a, it's a cluster. It's a cluster. Yeah. Um. But how about uh? You know what? While we're talking about those games, let's uh let's let's shift gears here and talk about the MPD uh, sales for America. Did you did you guys get a chance to see the list that came out? I did. Awesome. I didn't uh, catch it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Philip has not seen it. Uh, Evan, have you seen it? I don't believe so. Okay, good. Let me. Um, let me. This is going to be funny, actually, because uh, Sean will know why it's going to be funny. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. You guys can guess this, okay? What do you think this the well, the first one's be easy? What do you think the number one selling system was for April in America? The Switch. Yes, the Switch. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now going down from there, what do you think the number two selling item is? Uh, the PS4. No. <laughs> was, it, was it a DS? One of the DS? No. <laughs> it, it was. It was the NES Classic. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, wow. that, the NES Classic outsold the PS4 and the Xbox One in April. That's insane. Isn't I mean, that if weird? That doesn't show everybody. <laughs> then I don't know what will. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, it, it outsold the PS4 and the Xbox One, which is very weird. Now, they did say that they were pretty much unloading all of their stock, um, just getting rid of it because they're done with it. So, of course, that's going to drive up retail sales. People are just going to rush out and buy it. Uh, obviously, we know the next couple months that the, the NES Classic won't be anywhere near on the list. It's just funny to see that. So, the Switch sold 280,000 units for the month of April. Now, we know that paired with what was in... Japan, which was paired in the rest of the world, the Switch probably sold anywhere between 750,000 to a million units in April altogether. So that probably puts it somewhere around like three and a half to 3.75 million altogether, which is good because that technically for the Switch means that it has now outsold the Xbox One's first two months, 
on the market. Um, it, it, it does come up shy of the PS4 by about half a million because PS4 got to like 4.2. Again, though, holiday months. Holiday months, not not dead, you know, March. Um, what do you guys think was the, the top-selling game in, in uh, April? Mario Kart. Okay. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Evan? Yeah, it should be Mario Kart, I think, at that point. Nothing really else was impressive. Well, keep, well okay, okay. Let me, let me keep in mind, Mario Kart came out on the 28th, and the MPD ends on the 29th. Oh. Duh. Um. <laughs> no, it's probably still that, because it's, if it's a digital release, in digital markets, people tend to pick it up almost immediately, let alone the physical release of the uh, pre-orders that you could get. I just I just wanted to see if I could sway him. Sean knows. Well, well, no. well, plus, <laughs> well here, here. Um, to be fair, the numbers that were released on the MPD for Mario Kart Deluxe did not include digital sales. So I just wanted to, I just want to see if I could sway them a little bit there. Um, so, but it was the number one. Yeah, well, no well, here's here's the thing. We we technically don't know which one was number one because I have a feeling. Um, I have a feeling Mario Kart and Persona were probably right there with neck and neck with each other, but we don't know what digital sales were. Wow, that's so, crazy. It was Mario Kart, and then it was Persona, as far as they can tell, with physical sales right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, without digital, you don't know the whole picture. But the good news is, yes, Mario Kart's number one. But the surprising thing at this point is Persona has kind of left its 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 niche status at this point because now it's number two in April on its launch month in, in a country that doesn't usually see Persona as like a mainstream game, but it's selling like one now. So what do you what do you guys think about possibly Persona pretty much becoming a mainstream game? Persona six comes out, most people now in America are going to probably buy it, much like they with Persona five. Yeah, and, I think it's pretty safe to say that Persona is like totally crossed over into the mainstream at this point. Um, I think a lot of people, most most people who play video games very avidly probably have heard about Persona, especially if you have like a PS4, if you game on that primarily. I mean, it's become the legendary game on the PS Vita itself. Like Persona 4 Golden is one of the best Vita games you can get. And so I think that, you know, that helped boost that series a lot, especially in this country. And so now having, you know, it built up a lot of hype for five, a lot of people are playing Persona for the first time, 5 being their first one, and then playing it on a console coming from the Vita version too. And then a lot of people saying like, oh, I'd, I would just love to see it on a handheld console. I think that's hilarious. But I, um, Yeah, I was, playing, I was playing it on the PS4, and I was like, man, this would do really well on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it comes full circle, man. Yeah, but, um, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, Evan has to be happy about this because Evan, you've been a JRPG fan for a while, and to see a game like Depen- Persona, it always depends on the JRPG because they they have just as much garbage over there as we do of any of our games. Mm-hmm. But there are always the unique ones like Persona, Disgaea, and all them that it always feels better to play those. But it's good. I mean, it's worked its way into our collective conscious as gamers because I had an animated series. They really pushed it in a lot of in a lot of like visual ways with uh, a lot of the artwork and. Um, the advertising they do that seems to trickle its way over here more than most other games that they release. So it's definitely been working its way up into the mainstream and it seems to have hit that stride. Hopefully they don't screw up, but I mean, they seem to have the whole idea down pat for what they want to do every time. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So, it, but Mario Kart ended up selling just about 500,000 units in its two days on the market. So yes, it did really well. <laughs> it yeah, did really well. Master, right? Like yeah, this I mean is, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
that goes to show you the power of Nintendo, people. It's yeah, insane. Nintendo's strong, man. Nintendo's strong. Sean, what you, just, uh, are you are you excited about Persona Five becoming more of a mainstream game now? Yeah, I mean, I like that JRPGs are starting. You know, it's not just Final Fantasy games. You know, there's other games that are starting to become. You know, after years and years and years, are starting to become. You know, mainstream sort of games. So yeah, I'm all for it. You know, it it gives a better variety for gamers so yeah i'm totally cool with it very good very good yeah it definitely gives more variety absolutely so we had that uh down the list we also had um um, zelda breath of the wild still held strong at number three so mario kart persona zelda mlb of course because baseball season down from there gta 5 still number six which means gta 5 is pretty much never going away and then mass effect came in at seven but if we go down from there at the bottom number 10 is call of duty black ops 2 the one from 2012, yes, for the 360 version, which really shows that backwards compatibility still has a place in in the video game marketplace, really. I mean, people still buy backwards compatible games, and believe it or not, that was number 10. Number 11 was Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. So Black Ops 2 outsold Infinite Warfare in April. From what I can tell on the Xbox One's digital marketplace, um, I don't know how they would have tracked that physically, so that has to just be straight up digital. So... That's pretty insane because that shows that most gamers still like buying older games. And do you guys think that really Microsoft did the right thing here with backwards compatibility? And I I feel like these other companies should really look into backwards compatibility. Yeah, I love backwards compatibility. Um, I understand why it's not on the Switch, you know, obviously because of the, um, you know, how unique the Wii U was. But, you know, like that's one of my biggest problems with my PS4 is like I had to, to play all my other PlayStation games. I had to buy a backwards compatible three PS3. And so that's what I have in my living room right next to my PS4. So I can play all those old games, all those old discs that I have from one to three, and then still play on PS4. Like PS4's backwards compatibility is crap. It's crap. I don't like mm-hmm. I don't like the PS3 whatever ps now i think it's called where you rent the games and that you stream them i no it doesn't work for me like that i don't like that just let me play a freaking disc let me download a whole game so yeah yeah xbox that's one thing that they they're doing much better than playstation this generation is backwards compatibility because the ps4 is is crap yeah i really like uh microsoft's approach with backwards compatibility i think that they understand that importance a little better than Sony does. Uh, But I also think that it's because they learned a lot from Sony's mistakes too. Like, I I think it was so silly for them to, because take backwards compatibility out of the um, PS3, because they initially launched it as a backwards compatible system with the PS2. And that's the one that I have. That's the PS3 that I have is the backwards compatible one. So I never had any like issues with that. And it still works, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, I agree with you too, Sean. Like PS Now, it was exciting. I was super into the whole concept of it. But then realistically, like once you actually were working with it, it's not as ideal as playing something back on, on the disc, you know what I mean? Or or as a digital download. So I think that Microsoft um, is smart. And I, and I, I want to see that library grow of backwards compatibility games. Like I want to see all of those games become eventually backwards compatible. And maybe, maybe we'll see more of it happening with Scorpio too. Maybe they'll go the other direction instead of making exclusive games. So they should think about bringing that original Xbox library back. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Evan, what do you think about the backwards compatibility, man? You think that's a moneymaker? Well, I mean, if it's backwards compatible, not necessarily. If you have the games already, then there you have the backwards compatible system you can just play. Uh, that was always the thing we talked about. It's kind of a way to not really make money, but it it's more of the company being friendly with the community to, uh, to be more of like, I guess less of a business because a business would look at it from the standpoint of, well, all we can do, we can just repackage these games and sell it to someone. We can make more money that way. Right. Well, but, in, the, in this case, um, Microsoft, like what they did was they made back black ops two backwards compatible, but then they also added a button so you can buy it from them for like $30. Yeah. So they're yeah. finding functions around it. I feel like Xbox's backwards compatibility came when everyone was looking at their system as just a horrible anti-gamer release, because that was when the, everyone was like, there's going to be no disk drive there, but they eventually put it back in that you had to have it online at all times. That was back when those were the rules for it before they switched it up for people and they tried to seem a little less like we are the big conglomerate and you have to listen to us and buy stuff our way. And then they moved it back to like the, oh, you guys are the gamers who hand us the money. We're sorry. Take this. Take this quickly. Um, and then to try to outdo the other companies, they're like, oh, these companies aren't doing backwards compatibility. We can. And we saw as they released, like it was usually five titles no one cared about. Then one or two that people were like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I want to play that. And then they kept doing it every cycle. They would release three or four games no one cared about. And then the one or two games everyone wanted. And then with that game release, I mean, it's just the same cycle forward. So it's it's good for gamers definitely bad for the companies doing it because as we're talking about with microsoft's gaming division being a huge burden this is taking programmers time to put this into their system to allow this to happen those people are getting paid to do something you're doing for free uh, it's not a money maker at all yeah it was it was tough actually i remember they had a hard time with multi-disc games so if a game yeah. came on a couple different ones they had such a it was such a pain for them to do it they got it figured out but it was not easy um and now they're coming out with again they're coming out with something called games pass which is like a almost like a netflix of games for them where they put older games but they'll allow you to download the game you won't have to stream it much like sean was talking about you get to just you just download the game now i i can't imagine it's going to work without newer games, but some people might pay like 10 bucks a month just to, to down any of the older games they may have missed. Maybe, I don't know, maybe like Red Dead Redemption shows up on there, the 360 version on there, and you can download it and play it. What do you guys think about this Games Pass thing they've been talking about for a while? I think that'd be awesome if it was just included with live. I know that's too good to be true, yeah, but <laughs> I know, I know, but still it could totally like combat Nintendo's like free game rental thing. But you know, Xbox is already giving away two games, right? A month. So they don't mm -hmm. need to do that. Yeah. What's interesting is they might even be able to charge uh, PC gamers $10 a month for that, which is interesting. So that actually might be something that shows up on windows and it might start getting PC gamers used to paying Microsoft money every month. And then I hate to say it, maybe somehow Microsoft warms their way in with an Xbox live charge at some point to PC gamers, which is weird. Cause uh, that's the big thing that PCs have had over consoles for what the past 10 years now you haven't had to pay for online. Yeah, but that's only going to be for the games for Windows games, most likely. So it'll probably cut their user base down by at least 25% of people who are just like, nope, I got other games I can play. But until every company does it all at once, those guys won't come back. So it's they might do it, but it, it might backfire on them even further. Does it sound a little better to you, Sean? Something you can, like, you can just download the games and play them locally? Yeah, I mean, that would be better because that's the whole streaming thing just i don't know it never worked well for me either um so that would be cool still but i mean 
just just let me play my discs, man. Oh, I didn't even. I, I should. I should say that. When was the last time you played PlayStation Now? Um, has it been a while. It has. Okay, it has. They they've changed it up a little bit. Um, one thing is you can play it on your computer now. Right, I, I know that. Okay, and and now they have it so you don't. Um, it's it's monthly, so you don't have to rent every single game. You pay a certain amount, and then you just go, and there's a big library in front of you. Okay, that's cool. So they made it a little different. I know what you're saying though. At one point, it was like eight dollars to rent it for what was it like twelve hours or something like yeah, that? It was crazy. <laughs> it was, it was nuts. insane. Yeah, it was so expensive, but they fixed that at least now, so it's worth it. But I did play it uh, a few weeks ago. And it, the lag was still kind of bad. Like, I, I, they had Street Fighter 4 on there, Ultra Street Fighter 4. And I played it. I went to training mode. And you can discernibly see me hit the button. And then he punches. So you're not playing Street Fighter on it. Well, yeah. That was actually when I, when I, when I tried my free trial of it. That was a game that I played. And it was like, it was so laggy. And I was like, okay, no. I don't yeah. like this. Get it away. They do have Red Dead Redemption on there, though. Nice. That's pretty yes. cool. Play right on your PC, actually. <laughs> um, so it that was it was interesting to to see that, but I it's it's almost like it really is going towards that services type game that uh, they seem to want to push. They want to make it so that you have to pay them X amount of dollars that's guaranteed every month, and they can charge a certain amount of people. That I, I honestly think if Xbox Live was not around and they were not getting money, Microsoft would right now. They just wouldn't care. But. <laughs> It's, it's interesting because Phil Spencer even talks about how service-based games are the future where you don't make big single-player games anymore. I know all of you guys saw that, right, where he talked about that? Yeah. 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 Our single-player games are, like, archaic, and they're, like, the way of the past now, and we need to get out of the way because service-based games where they can sell you a $6 game and then hit you with an avalanche of DLC down the road, recurring DLC, and then end up getting, like, 150 bucks from you um, when it's all said and done. Which is, uh, uh, that, that seems discouraging. Seems disheartening as a gamer. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he's right. You know, like the, the new Zelda game, obviously, you know, bombed terribly. So yeah. I, I really think, <laughs> you know, and Persona, and I don't know what's buying, you know, Persona. Horizon Zero Dawn, right? I mean, any of these Horizon, games. Horizon. Yeah. None, none of these Four games. Like, player games, yeah. He, he's totally <laughs> right. And that's why um, Microsoft is in the position they're in right now in the gaming world. They seem kind of out of touch, but they also seem to be kind of looking towards the future at the same time. It's very weird. They're not at all in the present, if that makes sense. They're in the past, and then they're trying to look to the future at the same time. And it's almost like they're not worried about what's happening right this instant. <laughs> so it's it's the weirdest thing. Um, yeah, it's it's I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. So I'll be uh, I don't know. It's tough. Um, let's uh. Let's let's talk a little bit, Sean. I wanted to get your take on one thing real quick because I know you're retro. Uh, you're a big fan of retro games. Did you see the new? Uh, I think it's out what the twenty third. The new NES that's coming out by Hyperkin that has the HDMI uh, out on it. Yes, um, the Retron HD, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. What do you think about that thing? It's interesting. Um, uh, suppose there's different um, levels of quality. Like I own a ridiculous amount of NES systems as far as like new nes systems um there's one out by gamers tech which is priced similar to that um that is hdmi out that um it was pretty good um they're saying that it is um hardware based more so than emulation based which i find interesting because the retron 5 is all emulation based um i think at 40 bucks it'll probably be pretty decent i'm gonna buy one just to review it pretty much because I have a bad tendency of buying these things. 
Um, I don't think it'll be as you know good as something like the retro USB uh, AVS, which is, in my opinion, the king of NES systems. But it is it is interesting. It is cool. I don't like the marketing of it though. Like, oh, you don't need an NES Classic anymore because of this, and it's like, well, an NES Classic has the games built into it, and you don't yeah. need the, the cartridges. So your your point is kind of point is kind of stupid but um yeah it's it's cool it's interesting i think it will sell pretty decent and uh yeah i'm buying one yeah <laughs> how much retro abs is expensive right it's like almost 200 dollars. yeah it's 185 bucks but like dude it's it's so good i played um the analog nt mini which is mm -hmm. almost 500 dollars, and i mean uh, i actually had a viewer send it to me to review because he just wanted my thoughts on it beautiful system um definitely you know high quality but it's it's i would take the avs every other day of the week it's got you know built-in game genie it's got um online leaderboards which is actually really cool you connect it to your computer and you can upload onto an online scoreboard uh through nintendo age and i mean just the compatibility is flawless the games look absolutely amazing so i mean if you're if you're a big nes fan like that's what you got to get if you're more just like a casual person um and you know you just have you know a handful of nes games then yeah you know something like the retron hd or the um uh 8-bit hd entertainment system from gamers tech you know those 30 40 things are probably you know they'll they'll suit your needs but i am i am interested in it i i want to see how it how it holds up okay very good very good so we've uh talked about quite a few things tonight we're gonna probably get into viewer questions before we wrap up around 11 o'clock um, but let me, uh, let me talk to you guys real quick about this. We should see Nintendo's, we should see their online service. We assume at E3, right? I mean, that's, that has to be something we see because following that we would have to be beta testing it and then eventually paying for it. Let me ask you guys, what do you want to see from their online service? Um, I want to see some sort of party system. I want to see like friend invitations. I want to see messages, the ability to send messages. Um, I just want to see basically what we all expect out of a modern day online console gaming service. Just the ability to communicate with your friends would be very nice. And the ability to willingly or like, you know, optionally play with each other would be nice too. So those are my biggest things. Um, also, I don't think that they're going to make any big changes on their like game rental service or they're going to be announcing that they're going to be giving away any games or anything like that. I don't think the price is going to change. I think all that stuff is going to stay the same, but I would love to see like that stuff sort of finally being flushed out as far as like the playing with friends and connecting because obviously Splatoon 2 and ARMS are huge online games and we're going to want to see how like their service is going to make that those games, those experiences even better, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Let um, I me mean, jump over. Sean, what do you want to see from Nintendo with your online service? Um, uh, I wish I could talk. Um, <laughs> one of the things I would like to see, honestly, I'm most interested in the price point. I think the price point could make or break it um, because obviously price point is going to, I would assume, indicate what features we're going to see. Um, just it doesn't have to be, you know, super robust and whatever, make it cheap, make it good, you know, have, you know, where I can talk to friends in a lobby, have, you know, I don't know what they're doing with this mobile app thing, but also have something through the system. Like, obviously, the feedback has been 
pretty negative if you're going to have to use a mobile app to run everything. Just make <laughs> it simple, clean. Make it essentially like the system, simple and clean. Like it, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I don't, but don't make it overpriced if you're going to skimp on features. So I don't know. And I'm very interested to see, you know, um, how the virtual console plays into it. You know, they said that there's going to be some sort of multiplayer for certain, you know, NES and Super NES games. Um, Super NES, I, I understand. Um, NES, not so much. Like, you can play like Double Dragon 2 or Battletoads or something on it. I don't know. So just make it simple, make it clean, and make it priced good. Don't, I don't try to compete with PlayStation and Microsoft because you're that's not that's not your your game just have the basic features and be cheap sure yeah that's all you need to do right keep it stream keep it as streamlined as possible as quick and snappy as possible because that the switch's biggest advantage right now is that you can turn it on and start playing in seriously like 10 to 15 seconds <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous and if you have to you get up through all that you're moving real quick and then all of a sudden it's super slow to get online and then it's super slow to do like anything through their mobile app that you have to bring along a phone for i think it kind of falls apart there like you said keep it like a closed environment evan um what do you what do you think about this nintendo online service what do you think they have to do yeah, it's, it's it already good. it's basically already been said. I think I talked to R. Potter about this on one of my streams, but it does come down to moving away from the friend code and kind of entering the modern society of how that works. And definitely cheap because with the Switch, I mean, it. I definitely don't think it should have to be this like big thing because even though it's not like just a kids system i'm pretty sure for holidays and that type of stuff a lot of kids are probably going to be getting it and i'm pretty sure the parents don't want to have to pay like an extra huge amount uh every month afterwards but as long as you're getting the core gameplay that everyone deserves at this point you know a proper friends list the interconnectivity between games to be able to go with your friends list into any of them and be able to pick those people into them just easily just anything like that just be perfect because really that's what it comes down to is making sure the community can interact properly without having to jump through hoops of leaving your friend code on a forum somewhere just so you can get some friends. Right. Make it easy. Make it easy to send a friend request when you're done with like a game like yeah. Splatoon comes out. Almost, you know, almost yeah. every system has the who you played with last function. Like, well, sure. Come on, bring that in. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're looking at the, the breakdown of the leaderboards for Splatoon at the end of a match, you can just hit someone's name and then say, you know, send friend request. Yeah, it's annoying that like some online games like Mario Kart has that who you played with last built into it, but the system itself doesn't have that built into it. So like once they have that sort of feature where you can check that stuff, like that's going to yeah. be genius. That should be a system level thing. You should log in and right. then you can see what all your friends are playing in front of you and then you just hit join game. You know? Yeah, because that, that's the best form of advertisement is when you got a friend list with like 20 people who you like playing games with all playing a game you were maybe thinking about not picking up, but you know, now you see their, them, their plan and you got the eShop right there. You just pick it right up right then. Yeah. Hop in with them. And that's that's how it really should work. But, like, I don't know. Their, their approach to always being, like, let's try to avoid the toxic nature of the Internet and trolls by preventing people from interacting for the most part, it, it doesn't work when all you can do is just have the function built in to be, like, uh, automatically decline friend requests if you want to be antisocial. And then just move on from there. I'll tell you why it doesn't work. It's because like 80% of trolls are like eight to nine year old kids. <laughs> so that's why it doesn't work. Uh, because most of those kids obviously are playing on different systems, including the Nintendo console. So even if you try to age gate it, 
the people you're trying to keep out that are under 13 are still going to play and they're still going to, you know, they're still going to be trolls. Um, but that was, uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like, uh, there were a lot of good points made where price, if it's $20 a year, that's much better than if it's like $50 a year, even though it's only 30 bucks, that's still a big deal to people to pay that up front. Um, it, despite, you know, you dividing up in a month, it's not a lot. Uh, but really if, if it comes to, it comes down to system level performance and really compatibility where like Philip's saying every game should be basically system level. You kind of see what everyone's playing and then you can decide who you want to join or who you want to send a friend request to. They should be able to jump out of a game and then jump into a game with you. Even if it's different, a lot easier. So it's interesting because Nintendo has never really, that's the one thing they've really struggled to grasp is their online service. And it still amazes me because we're in 2017. I feel like at this point you should have that figured out. And it's just, it's, it's amazed me that I had what we're talking about right now, guys, is the experience I had on my original Xbox, <laughs> you know, a while ago. So it's it's interesting to me, or even the 360 when it first came out. Um, so it, it is amazing that Nintendo has been kind of dragging their feet with this online stuff. So hopefully they get it figured out. Hopefully E3 they show it off. Hopefully they show the virtual console. Um, speaking of which, what which game would you guys want to see above all come to the virtual console right like right away? Shenmue. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not I, like, here's the thing about the virtual console to me. I don't care. Like I, I played all these games when they came out. I played all, I own all these games. Now I played them all on the Wii. I played them all on the Wii U. I've been loving the Neo Geo stuff. Like that's been amazing on the switch. It's like, yes, games that I'm not super familiar with at a cheap price that are retro. This is perfect. I don't want to, you know, spend, you know, five, 10 bucks to play Super Mario Brothers again. Give me something different. Give me a different system. Give me a unique system. Like the Wii, I, I get on a rant about virtual console stuff. The Wii's virtual console was so much better than the Wii U's. Like there were so many more systems. There was Game Gear and arcade games and, you know, import only games. And then the Wii U's was so paltry. Go back to the, to the Wii's style of system and add more systems in. Do something with Sega. Like, if you start putting uh, Saturn games and freaking Dreamcast games, I don't, I, I can't imagine it would be that difficult to run a Dreamcast game. I mean, the discs aren't that big. You do something like that, that's a game changer, man. That, oh my God. So I, just try to do something different with it. Don't just do the same old, same old. It's boring now. Dreamcast Virtual Console would be insane on the Switch. That would be crazy to have that, like in like a library of games, or at least some of the best, you know, games from that library, like yeah, Power, Stone Power Stone. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that that's a great idea. I think that you know, Def definitely ahead, adding, yeah, definitely adding more consoles to it, different ones that we've probably been seeing the Neo Geo Pocket and stuff like that. That'd be really fun to play around with but like i think snes 9x did it for uh, pc emulation the ability to actually link to people through ip to be able to play multiplayer across an emulator over the internet like can't mm -hmm. they just functionally build that in as standard now at this point because you said they're tying it in with their online like why is that not like do we not imagine that to be why they're doing it that way because now they have some functional way for you to possibly get into a lobby and maybe select i want to play a neo geo game with someone or something along those lines and the next thing you know you're playing last blade with a guy from across the country <laughs> that would be cool or even something like adding in 
um, a Mario, like Mario Kart 64 and have, you know, online races and online battle mode. Like that would be dope as hell. Yeah. Lobby systems. Yeah. And that would only be, that would only be available on the switch. I mean, that I think would, could, you know, be very attractive to some gamers as well to who are on the fence about the system. It would be cool if Nintendo came out during E3 and just said like, okay, you guys have been asking for like a smash brothers game. It's like, well, here's a virtual console and here's, Every single Smash, you can play it now on your Switch. Like, you know, whatever you want, just take your pick. Or if they just unloaded a bunch of games like that, that you could play online. And I did think, didn't they say that, like, um, most or, like, all of the virtual console games are going to be online multiplayer? Like, even the NES ones? See, they said something about it, but they never elaborated. And, like, their comment was kind of weird to begin with. The way I understood it was, like, they were going to cycle out like an NES and a super NES game that you play for free via the pay service. And then um, it'll have something like online features, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like that's, but once again, once again, going back to the original Wii virtual console, there were um, Capcom released um, super street fighter um, or the street fighter two turbo on the Wii Virtual Console, the Super Nintendo version, and included a very bare bones but functional online mode. And you could play that game online. You could either play it with a random or a friend via a friend code. Where was that on the Wii U? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you're not a fan of the Wii U's Virtual Console. It just, it was so, it, I liked it, but it was disappointing. It was just very <laughs> disappointing because I felt the strongest thing about the Wii was its virtual console and its eShop. There was so much, there was so much, the Rebirth series, Castlevania Rebirth and all that stuff, amazing stuff. And then I was like, yes, they're going to do so much more with this system. And then they gave me a, some DS games and I was like, eh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about GameCube possibly making it over? I think there's a good chance. Yeah. I, I hope it happens. I would like to play it, some GameCube games on there. It probably won't be first. I imagine they're going to want to put out the re-releases of some of the Wii U stuff, the uh, Smash Brothers games and all that, before finally being like, oh, by the way, here's you know Melee and Brawl <laughs> on the virtual console stuff with online functionality. So yeah, but it might yeah, happen. Man, give, a us, later. give us like give us like Sunshine, all right, Sunshine, man. Yeah. How do you think they'll handle that controller issue though with like the analog stick pressure sensitivity or or not analog stick but analog trigger? That's tough. Some people are saying, you know, get it like a use the adapter for the GameCube, but then you're not going to be able to move easily with a GameCube controller attached to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. I, I don't think know. They'll it's figure weird. something out. They have a yeah. plan. Yeah. I think I think they'll have a workaround for New it. New Joy-Cons with the with the with GameCube style. That would be the ideal plan. I will gladly pay money for that plan. Yeah. They really need to do more with this Joy-Con crap because for everyone that was complaining about how expensive they were, oh, it's so expensive to get another set. People are buying these like crazy. You need to go overboard. You need to have a million different colors. You need to have you know limited edition Joy-Cons and stuff. Just roll with it, man. Well, just beyond that, since they're detachable and slidable, just different feels different styles different like overall not just the two little kind of corner things what if you had ones with the little uh palm rest type stuff that you got on like the old school ps2 controllers and such like just the little down arcs because i know 
for the Wii with the um, the classic controller, originally it was just a Super Nintendo uh, form factor, but then Monster Hunter landed and it added those two little nubs on the bottom so it rests in your hands better. So, like, why not just keep going forward with form factors? It would just eliminate the need for, like, bad accessories like grips or something like that that don't really work too well. You know what I mean? Like, if you had Joy-Cons that you could slide on and fit it, like, to your hands, like, these are my Joy-Cons. I prefer to these Joy-Cons over the other 10 options available or 20 options available. I think a lot more people would be more enticed to play more games on the Switch if it was that customizable. I think that's a good idea to get some uh, get some Joy-Cons in there, man. Everyone's buying them even though they're 80 bucks for a pair. But really, if you look at some control, like people complain about it, but the Xbox One controller, you have to buy a, if you want the full deal, you want you want the, let's say you want the rechargeable battery packs, so that's an extra $25. Technically, an Xbox One controller is $85. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, it, it's easy to complain about them, but really the Joy-Cons together are fine. 80 bucks, basically 40 a piece for the technologists in them. It's really not that bad, especially when they broke it down and kind of figured everything out. It actually costs them a fair bit of money to make them. So I, I think it's kind of a moot point to say that they're not worth it. Um, so let's uh, let's move uh, to take questions from the chat for the last 15 minutes or so before we wrap up. Um, yes, the Xbox Elite controller was $150. You're absolutely right. That's very expensive. Uh, let's see. Do I think? Oh, do I think Xbox games would be <laughs> okay? So you could probably, yeah, you could probably buy games on the on the Windows that are Xbox. Like this person saying in the stream, your Switch, so you can play Xbox, or you could use PlayStation Now and play PlayStation games on your Switch with Rainway. Yeah, it's more down to the devs figuring out how to access that on your computer. That's all it is. It's not so much Microsoft trying to deny it. Someone's asking about. All right, so I saw this was on Twitter. Um. Uh, Sean, about the NBA playgrounds not having online play. Yeah, it's it's very annoying. If if the, like I haven't done the review on Nintendo Enthusiast yet because they said it would be a couple days before the online went on. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And so I did a video on RGT, and I really liked the game. I think the game is very fun, but. I didn't want to review it because to me, a game in this style, you know, one of the big aspects of it, of course, is multiplayer and playing with other people. I want to make sure the online servers are good. I want to see how they function. If there's friend stuff, you know, how it works. And, you know, the developer said it would be a few days, their own words, after launch when the online servers will be up. Well, now we're like two weeks plus out and we still don't have online servers. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that, but I don't like it. But in the same breath, I do sort of understand it because I honestly, if you think games like this and Snake Pass weren't, you know, last minute ports, you're pretty foolish. That's why it looks that's why on the um, tablet mode, it doesn't look nearly as good. And, you know, there's a dramatic decrease because there were there were rushed ports. I mean, that's OK. They wanted to get the game out on the system. I understand why they did it, but I don't know. I am I'm sort of losing my patience with it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it still doesn't have online. That's amazing. Like, that's, that feels like a core feature, right, for the game. I mean, it's NBA Jam. You want to play against other people, you should be able to online. Right. It's it's yeah. it's weird. I got the uh, I got a review copy for that game, and they said in their email to me that like, oh, it'll be out in a few days, and that was yeah. like almost two weeks ago or something. And and it's been a while because it is annoying. I love that game. I did all the tournaments, and I cannot wait to start playing online. But it's just not it's not there yet. So hopefully it, it opens up soon because I think that that game is great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, I went to a real basketball court. Yeah, about that game, man. no Come video on. Juegos. Yeah. 
I dunked that basketball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there was there. Okay, so this is a this is interesting. There, there's, there's been a lot of this in the chat tonight. The okay, so there was this weird rumor that came out that talked about how Sony may be working on their next PlayStation Portable, the PSP three. It's been dubbed. Do you guys really think it makes sense for Sony to attempt the handheld market again? God no. <laughs> First off, the, the the whole rumor was based from like a website that has like no credence or credibility, but it makes a good story, so everybody ran with it. Um, no, I, Sony is Sony is beyond done because every time you know the PSP was good, it sold good, not compared to the DS, but it sold good for what it was. Vita, same sort of thing, but. They always just miss the mark just a little bit, and I don't. It, it's not worth it. I mean, how long has the Vita been essentially dead? Like, when was the first? When was the last first-party game on it? That's all third-party games that are coming out on it. A lot of great JRPGs and stuff like that, but you know, the Vita has essentially been forgotten about by Sony. So, no, they're not going to return to handhelds anytime soon, and definitely not with that hideous mock-up that. <laughs> yeah, it was man. it was a very very ugly looking system. Yes, you're absolutely right. I looked at that and I said, "Oh no, that <laughs> that looks really it's like it looks like an iPad with the cover just permanently attached to it." Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't get that one. And then um yeah, what do you what do you think, Philip? <laughs> I don't know, especially if it's called like a PSP3, you know, for them to go back to like the P PlayStation Portable line, I feel like that would almost be a step backwards, especially cuz the Vita itself was like so much more I feel like loved. I, I know both of them were you know well, very much loved. <laughs> the, what? the PSP was loved because for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz everyone hacked the crap out of it. I mean, I, they, they, sold, they sold 80 <laughs> they sold 80 million units of the PSP, which is great, but the problem was the DS on the other side of the fence sold like 150. <laughs> but, right. But uh, uh what were you saying, God? That yeah, they, I'd say they both were loved, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I think that for them to go back into that direction, like to the PSP itself would be like that's just not going to happen. And that right there defuncts like the whole concept of this theory to me or this like um rumor or whatever. But I do I do think that it is possible. I think that um maybe or I mean definitely not anytime soon, but I do think that it's possible for them to step back into the handheld game, especially depending on how how much Nintendo influences like pop culture at this point with the Switch. So if everyone's like, "Hey, you know, screw home consoles," like we're we're all gaming on our Switch in like a year, which I know that's like not likely, but still, they they influenced a lot with the Wii and motion controls. So it's going to be interesting to see what what they do here with this like you know, portability aspect and maybe Sony's crazy enough to jump in there once again. And I think if any company's crazy enough to do it, it's Sony. So that's just my opinion. What do you, what are you thinking, Evan? I mean, maybe they can insure themselves against the loss. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? It's, <Yeah. laughs> it's not a good idea, I guess, unless they've maybe gutted whoever was part of that group that made the Vita and kind of forced everyone to focus on the aspects of it that weren't that amazing the touch function on the back that you had to use to climb around in a uh, uh, the the uncharted game that came out like you had to use all the different touch functions that was important for some reason uh if they just focused on the gameplay it probably would have been far superior and it sucks because there were a lot of really good games that came out on it that didn't get as much life as they should have which are getting moved to the current consoles now which is nice but I, I don't know. It's probably not a, it's definitely not a great idea hmm. anytime soon. 
Um, especially not going back to probably the PSP line, unless it's just going to be a title and maybe they do adjust things for the more modern concept of what a handheld can be. But at the same time, the games that I think of when I think PSP, every single one of them, I feel like those companies have moved on to the more like full, robust systems. And I don't know if they're going to want to be told to like, oh, could you downscale this heavily to work on a, a straight-up handheld? Like... <laughs> I don't know if they're going to want to do that anymore. Well, it's it, yeah, it's interesting because they would have to if they showed up to handhelds, they would have to bring along probably AMD and their AMD's currently working on their next basically system on a chip much like say the X1 they're working on Raven Ridge and it's basically codenamed right now that it's going to have uh Ryzen CPU Vega GPU on a chip that it, it's still not ready. Um we're still waiting for Vega GPUs as it is, but that was just kind of talked about um, two days ago with Raven Ridge, where they're trying to get these things out by the end of the year. And it seems to be slow going with this. But if they showed up with better visuals, that's exactly what happened between the Vita and the 3DS. The Vita was a good bit more powerful than the 3DS, but it didn't matter because Nintendo had the games. So I'm not really sure what they think they're going to show up with with a stronger system than the Switch um, because they don't have Pokemon, they don't have Mario, they don't have Zelda. I don't know what they show up with. Do they get Spyro or Crash? Or I, they don't, those don't have the same power that they used to back in the day. And realistically, Sony, while they have good games that are specific to their systems, they don't have, I guess, the IPs, uh, of course, that Nintendo can just throw on their handhelds whenever they want. Um, I don't think a game like Horizon Zero Dawn would actually sell that handheld very well. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't see why they would spend the money on the handheld. It, it really doesn't make sense, not with how well things are going with the PS4, you really don't want to invest in a whole new market when you're showing your investors and your shareholders just how well you're doing, and then everything around you, your mobile phones, your your, your tablets, everything else is terrible. <laughs> but the PS4 is good, so why would you make another division that could potentially be terrible? I mean, there's a lot of other handhelds that people forget about that Sony tried, like the Xperia. Oh, gosh. That thing, that thing tanked horribly, and it was a cell phone and a game device. Engage 2.0. Yeah, it's like people forget about that. That's how bad that was. Like, why would they continue trying to do plug away at a market that they've lost at this point? It makes no sense. That's true. I mean, they've proven to be incredibly successful at like home console experiences. They're the number one as far as like, you know, total sales is concerned this generation. So for them to just be like, well, I mean, maybe we can dip back into the handheld market and, and just risk losing all of this or abandon losing all of this. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for them to do that while they're doing so well. So unless we start seeing like a massive de decline in PS4 sales or like a heavy lack of interest in the PS5, and I don't really think that Sony's going to be like, oh, we need to jump back into handheld. Of course, I think that they're they're always testing stuff. There's always stuff going through R&D. They're always ready um, to kind of like open new projects up. I think that's true for a lot of these big companies. But um, as far as like the near future is concerned, I don't think we'll see it soon. They did have the president of Sony at the Nintendo event in Tokyo taking pictures, though. So there is that. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, everyone, did you guys see that when that came out? That was pretty funny. He was that he was there taking like pictures with his phone of all the different posters and everything for Nintendo. Um, but he he does have a Switch. He actually, it's really funny. A lot of people will fight over these things like fans, but then you see someone like Phil Spencer sitting on a plane playing a Switch, or you see um like uh, like President like Reggie playing a PS4. <laughs> like they to them, it's all business. Uh, to, to them, all of us are just walking dollar signs. So yeah, it's, really, Phil it's funny. Phil Spencer like 
tweeted out a tweet or retweeted a tweet saying, go buy Minecraft on Switch. Yeah, <laughs> they don't care. That's, that's their IP. They don't care. They just want money, you know? Right. But yeah, I, I don't... It, it, at this point, Sony is in a good place. Why ruin it, you know? Why why try to fix something that's not broken? So I don't know why they would try to delve into uh, handheld gaming. Or I don't even know how they would explain that to their investors in the first place when, uh, at this point older investors or who are you know suits that put the money in they won't see the difference between a handheld device like a psp3 and their latest cell phone they're trying to sell <laughs> they just won't see it so makes sense stay away from that do what you're doing well which is ps4 games and i guess trying to push vr along because that's got to be expensive too um let's see we got time for at least one other question before we wrap up so just just shout one out if anybody sees anything good. That's right. Yeah, the Sony the Sony uh, CEO did say the Wii U was his favorite non Sony console. He had to throw non Sony in there, but yeah, uh, just because uh, he, I think they he said that his family liked to play it a lot with him. So. Uh, yeah, very yeah. <laughs> Some people show up at the very end. Yeah, we're all looking <laughs> for the chat right now, trying to find a good one to end uh, the show with. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, and if anybody's going to too many games, uh, we'll we'll all pretty much be there. Everyone you're seeing right now will be there. So feel free to come up and say hi to any of us. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you guys out there. So I know. I know it's a really big popular show. It's going to be my first year going, so hopefully Spawnwave is going to be showing me the ropes of the two oh, yeah. mini games. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. <laughs> we're probably going to get like a, a room where we can do a live podcast also while we're there. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So hopefully you guys can check that out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It. Yeah, Hey Jay, is, he's going too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're splitting a hotel room together. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Probably could have just paid for a chunk of John's because I know we're only using it for the day. Well, I think Philip's going to use it too. All right. I think someone might as well use it. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, uh, In my underwear constantly, just always in my underwear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a hotel room. What do you do? Walking around the convention in underwear, you know, whatever. Okay, here's one we didn't talk about, and someone was asking. Um, uh, did you guys see the stuff for Sonic Forces? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, is this it? Do you guys think this is actually going to be a good Sonic game now? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so you're on the fence of no, this is good. Why, why do you think it's not going to be good? They're, they're, already, they're already starting out with the cheesy crap, and we hardly know anything about the game. Like this is their big this is their big thing. You can create your own OC Sonic because there's not a lot of weird Sonic people in the world who make weird Sonics. Like no, like the Sonic Unleash uh, your persona. Yeah. Yeah, like the other one, um Sonic Mania, I think it's called. The 2D one. I'm excited about that one. I could now I could care less about this project Sonic. It's it, it's it's I it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like the I like the character customization. Like I think that that's kind of interesting. Um I think that Sega's trying to do anything they can to save the franchise, which is smart, you know, because Sonic is such a beloved franchise. So, 
I, I grew up loving it and I hope that this one is the one that brings it back. You know, I really hope, but at the same time, what Sean said is totally accurate. You know, like it's really, it's hard to believe that, you know, this might be the one to do it because there's so much that is just still up in the air. And I personally don't know how I feel about the whole switching between the 2D and 3D perspectives. Like I'd rather just kind of stick to one thing to tell you the truth, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, that game's always been about like speed runs and stuff like that. So I'd love to see that community blossom over it. <laughs> what do you, what do you think, Evan? Did you get a chance to see the, so you can create your own hedgehogs now in it? Did I, I've never really cared at this point. Like, <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> every time a Sonic game comes up, I'm like, the moment I see the title, I'm like, I can't wait to see the angry forum posts. It's going to be fantastic. Because that's all That's all it ends up being is just, oh, it's not like the classic game. And you're asking, is it going to be a good Sonic? I don't think there's really been a Sonic game, really, since the classics. It's, it is it's, weird because, like, the Sonic community, man, they fight a lot. <laughs> oh, they do. But, all, but I, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to because... I mean, I guess making your own character, sure, it's kind of fun in that way. But what else about the game is interesting from any, like, like is there anything that stood out to you personally from looking at it? Like, uh, Not not a lot. It looked like that they're at least giving you some form of depth with your character. Like, it looks, I assume you earn stuff and then attach to your character. I assume it's not all, like, there right away. But it looks like it's going to be the same kind of thing in Generations where it's like 2D, 3D. You have a uh, classic Sonic for 2D, and then you have uh, what they call modern Sonic for 3D. And it looks like Sonic. Um, it looks crazy now, though, because you can make any hedgehog you want. What would be interesting is if they made it so that you could share your hedgehog online. Like, you can download them like a create-a-hog or whatever. And, <laughs> and you can go online, and you can download people's abominations. Because let's face it, if you give internet the internet the tools to do this kind of stuff, you're going to get some of the most obscene-looking hedgehogs you can imagine. I I was there for the wrestling games of the PS2 days when we would do things like make their arms and their legs insanely skinny and their head huge. That's what you're going to see. <laughs> so, oh my god! Have you seen I, people's me's on like Mario Kart and stuff? What people do with that? It's insane. Like some of the me's that people create are just like nightmarish. So I can't even imagine what a but, what a. But Sonic keep in mind, like. you're giving these tools to a, a fan base that is heavy, heavy about making crazy looking stuff with Sonic on DeviantArt. What oh do you God. think you're gonna? What do you think you're gonna <laughs> see when you log in if the app is there that makes it so you can see everybody in the game, you know, posting stuff up? <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to think about it. Like they'll probably have to make it so that you go in there and you check either safe for work or not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, right. Sonic rated M for mature. <laughs> but well, <laughs> well, they'll um they'll do the you know the E and then they'll put it at the bottom. We're not responsible for the kind of stuff you're about to see online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, they'll, they'll have the ten layers of like accepting or declining as you click like I'm play online. It's like really, do you want to do? It? Are you sure? Read this hundred page <laughs> yeah. thing. Just you make can't sure. Turn back. There's no turning back now. <laughs> um, but no, I I think at least it's at least it's different. They're doing something different, you know, with the game. I, I'm actually surprised it's taken them this long to let us create our own hedgehog. But it's something different. But the rest of the game does look very similar. But I guess I'll at least wait to see what's going to happen at E3 with this game. Maybe something crazy happens. They've always been really bad at storytelling in Sonic Hedgehog. I don't think there's been any good story that I've seen that's really pulled me in with Sonic, um, as opposed to maybe the Saturday morning cartoons that I would watch when I was younger. But that's about it. I, Sonic Forces looks okay, but I'm kind of uh, 
cautiously optimistic, I guess I'll say. So we're a little past 11 o'clock. I guess we'll call it there. Um, it's been about two hours or so. So Sean, where, uh, where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me a lot of places. Um, you can find me at RGT 85. I'll say hello in the chat. Um, you can find me there. I'm doing almost daily uploads, if not, and probably every two days on there. You can find me on NintendoEnthusiast.com and Nintendo Enthusiast YouTube channel. You can find me on Enthusiast.gg. Um, find me on Twitter um, at SeanLong85, all over the place. Um, you can find me at Too Many Games. Um, I'll be there Friday and Saturday, so it's going to be a good time. You're doing a panel, right? Yep. Um, uh, Saturday from 3.30 to 4.20 in panel room two. Me and Hey Jay will be doing Nintendo Enthusiast Live. I'm just talking about Nintendo stuff and then just general Q&A um, for both of us. So it'll be fun. Cool. Yeah, I'll drop, I guess I'll drop into that panel and, and see things, check things out, see how that goes. <clears throat> um, so, uh, Philip, where can they find you, man? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Philip Mewson, and you can also just search in YouTube, F-I-L-I-P, and I come up, and you can look at all of my Switch videos in which I make every day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Very good. Evan, what about you? People were actually asking in the chat where they can find you, dude. Well, I mean, I'll just, there you go. That's That's me in the chat right now. Uh, you can use that name for Twitch. Uh, you can Twitter, Instagram, anything. I'm all over the place for that. That's my art channel. It also links to my gaming channel, which is still work in progress. I'm trying to find the next thing I really want to record or focus on until Gigantic actually comes up with more stuff for me to really get excited about. Uh, and then, as always, things you'll start seeing around Spawn Wave, uh, the channel art stuff for it, banners, things like that as it happens. That's just me working in the background constantly. And uh, yeah, so that's everybody there. If you want to watch the entire video cast, maybe you missed some of it. I post the uh, the video portion, the full raw and cut version up on the Patreon page. You can go there. Even a dollar gets you the, the full uncut version. Otherwise, I post the entire audio uh, cut up a little bit from the front to the back uh, up on iTunes. So you can go check there or SoundCloud. You just search for SpawnCast. It'll pop right up and you can listen to it there. Of course, look out through during the week. You'll see SpawnCast shorts pop up. Um, just to give you an idea of what we're doing here going forward. And uh, I think that's about it. Are you guys good? Good to go. Good. All right. Thanks, guys. This is episode eight. Tune in with us next Saturday night, 9 o'clock Eastern. And we'll do it all again. Until next time, guys, we will see you then.